0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Monday, the 10th of October, 2022. And a lost weekend of football in Utah. Is the season over? Is Jaron Hall hurt? Can the Utes still win the Pac-12? Okay, apparently those questions are going unanswered here on the show. Hi, Jake. Hello. How was your weekend? It was great, how was yours? Good, how's the girlfriend? Excellent. Awesome. All right, uh, we'll talk about that. Is the NFL's concussion protocol working? Did Tom Brady get a huge call because he's Tom Brady? And, oh, by the way, your 10-year-old runs on the field and gets crushed by a security guard. Are you suing? (laughs) We'll talk about all that on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, Advocates utahadvocates.com. I'm telling you, when you get in a car accident, a motorcycle accident, somebody driving distracted ran into you, that's not your fault. You should be compensated for that. You shouldn't have to worry about your job. You shouldn't have to worry about paying your bills. You should be able to go to utahadvocates.com and not pay an upfront fee. Don't pay a consultation fee. Don't pay a retainer. No, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case at utahadvocates.com. Jake, let's just jump in head first yeah. because obviously this was a tough weekend to football here in Utah. BYU goes to Vegas and loses ugly to Notre Dame. Um, that's where we'll start today with BYU. I, I don't even know where to start with this game. It was another slow start for BYU football. Um, from what you saw the game, Jake, what do you feel like is the biggest single issue for BYU right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this this conversation, firstly, about big game atmospheres and how this team, you know, gets it going for big games, is a real conversation now. You know, I I, I feel like, you know, obviously you start the game with that awful turnover uh from Jaron, uh, and and I'm not saying it's all his fault. Maybe a route was misrun. Whatever the case may be, you start the game with a turnover, you know, and then secondly. You know from a defensive perspective um you know and this is kind of what you were saying all last week about this game that that notre dame's tight end michael mayer uh was coming for that ass and what did he do he produced and you didn't they weren't able to really do anything about it and so to me you know where do you even start the conversation today on a on a monday where where byu was clearly in this game but just not able to get over the hump yeah, I think we have to talk about you know early game execution. I think we have to talk about you know defensive scheme. And and frankly, you know there was a conversation on Twitter raging about you know BYU's the the quality of their depth. You know, yeah, sure they have they they may have you know some P five talent at skill positions. You know, wide receiver. You know, maybe even running back and quarterback. But a lot of these backups that come in may not be P five talent. Is that the reason? They struggled against Notre Dame. And what I'm here to tell you, my opinion is, is that they struggled against Notre Dame because they simply did not come to this game ready to play. And And I know that that's kind of harsh, but when you start the game the way they started the game and it feels the way it felt, to me, I, I just ask the question, like, what what is the messaging to the team? Like, what is the process for getting ready for a game, whether it's Wyoming or Oregon or Notre Dame? Because we're seeing this this you know i guess if you want to call it a trend or if you just want to say this is who this team is this slow start thing and this sort of coming out of the gates like with an unsure feeling in the offense it can't continue you know and and unfortunately now you've lost two games and and you're sitting here and you're like man like what now what you know what, what where are we supposed to go from here and that's the difficult part and yes I still think there's a lot to play for. Are you gonna are 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 you gonna get to heights you've never seen before this year? No, obviously not. Not as a two win team and an independent. That's not happening, but I still think there's a lot to play for. So for me, the conversation just starts like with where what does this team do to get ready for a game? Cause at some point you gotta come out hot. At some point you gotta come out like you did in week one against USF. You have to come out and set the tone. And frankly, when you set the tone with a turnover, obviously, you know that's not that's not going to you know set you up for success.
0: No, and I, I think the slow start is is a real problem. And and the to me the reason that you're you're starting slow, one of the biggest complaints I have is play calling. I, I mean, the conservative play calling um, really hurts you. But then you come out and you throw a pass, you try to go down the field, and I don't know what that was out of Jaron Hall, but it was ugly and it gets intercepted. Um, and it's a rare turno- turnover for Jaron Hall. But other than that, I-, I-, I feel like the defense actually carried the team through this win uh, or through this game, excuse me. And if they don't play the way they played on defense, BYU has no chance to win this game. The offense was the issue. And obviously the biggest question is, is Jaron Hall hurt? And I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter if he's hurt, he's on the field.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: the interception to start the game is not because he's injured. And you can't tell me um, that Jaron Hall in this, this offense simply decided not to throw the football. Um, I mean, how many Puka Nakua sightings did we get? And now, again, we have another Gunnar Romney situation where it looks like he's going to be out for an extended amount of time. So you have a breakout game from Cody Epps. But it just felt like this offense wasn't aggressive enough And I think it led to some inconsistency and momentum. And I think the other thing that was very clear in this game um, is that they've got to stop messing around with the offensive line because when you have Kingsley, Suamataia, and Harris Lachance on the right side, I felt like that was your strength on the offensive line this week, their ability to move guys. I thought Harris LeChance did a fabulous job pushing the pile, um, but yet you're rotating guards in there. And I think it causes a chemistry issue. I think that all of these issues are self-inflicted damage by BYU. And I Thanks. I again I understand people are gonna say that Jaron's hurt and he can't throw the ball deep. It doesn't matter. He's in the game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if he's hurt. You have to win these football games. And frankly, um, I think for once we're not sitting here talking about the defense. I think we're we're talking about an incredibly dysfunctional offensive performance out of BYU. And I think it's high time that we start really talking about why these slow starts are 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 happening. Saturday in Vegas, I feel like it was on the offense. I think there are several times where, you know, the Oregon game comes to mind where the defense couldn't stop the run, which gave all kinds of momentum and a play calling advantage to Oregon in that game, right? Um I think again against Wyoming, that was certainly the case. I think we saw a lot of that against Utah State. I actually think BYU held up well against the run, especially in the first half against Notre Dame. The issue was offense. They could not get sustained drive going offensively, and I think that really hurt this team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, as far as the slow starts and the lack of momentum, yeah, play calling is absolutely going to be a piece of that. I, I And I think that it, this is not and probably won't be the last time that A-Rod is, and A-Rod and his play calling come into question. And I think that you know, obviously we'd be having a different conversation if, you know, that deep ball had been completed, let's say, and they got off to this rousing start against Notre Dame, but they didn't. And and I love the concept of, of taking shots and being aggressive. Like I said last week, I think that that's absolutely what you need to be doing in this offense. When you have guys, you know, like, you know, Cody Epps, or when you have guys like, you know, earlier this season, Chase Roberts, who had that big game, when you have guys who are clearly able to contribute, and it seems like every single week so far this season, we had a guy in the wide receiver room really step up and have that big game and be the number one option on any given night. Well, when you have that dynamic at play, yeah, of course you want to be aggressive, but I I think there's this thing that happens in big games, and this kind of gives me an appreciation for what you know, guys like Nick Saban are able to do at the highest level. When you're in a big game at a neutral site in an NFL stadium, there is, you can't have, like, early game jitter. You can't have, like, any kind of hesitation early in the game. And so I felt like if we're going to talk about play calling, clearly the play call was to go down the field. Clearly their idea and their strategy here was to push the ball down the field. I agree with that strategy. That said, I think it was a bad decision in that moment to throw that pass because clearly there I think there were three defenders in that general vicinity where he threw it so that's why I say it's a combination of this slow start thing is a combination of players not doing their job I think early in the last couple weeks it's, it's play calling as well and it just feels like in the big picture the program's not doing the little things these little steps that when you do them, right, it gives you this great success. They're not doing those little
0: things that to get there. Well, and the, the other question I have is what did you see from Notre Dame that was surprising? Cause I didn't see anything that was surprising. I think we sat here last week and I think we told you exactly how this game was going to play out. We told you they were going to run the football. We told you Michael Mayer was going to be a weapon. Um, and, and both of those things happen. You don't yeah. end up with two to one time of possession you realize that happened, right? Notre Dame had the football twice as many minutes. I believe it was 40 to 19 uh minutes possession for Notre Dame. And you look at the first down numbers, you look at the rushing attempt numbers like it's not that that BYU wasn't um you know effective running the football. They were they they averaged 5.5 yards a carry. Yeah. BYU did. Notre Dame was at 5.2, but when you run for 234 yards, and you control the football. I mean, if you look, guys, they had the football 41 minutes. Yeah, man. Notre Dame had the football 41 minutes. And the other thing that I think is hysterical is this idea. Well, you know, and and I'll go back to the Jaron Hall conversation. If Jaron was healthy, I don't care if he was healthy or not. He was out there the entire game. Yeah. And when he's throwing touchdowns to Cody Epps, were we talking about that he wasn't healthy? No, we were not. And I love everybody saying, well, my friend, there were all these tweets, my friend's brother's sister who's banging Jaron Hall's friends, cousins, brothers, mom's tow truck driver who's a bagger at Harmon's tells me that they put shots into his arm. And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You got, if if he's not healthy, next man up in Jacob Conover. Yep. Right. But that's, by the way, Jaron Hall's not the reason they lost the game. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think one of the things we got to start talking about here is, Again, here we are in going in the middle of October, and BYU's down five-six critical performers again. Yes. And by the way, you look at the 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 lack the MIA status of Puka Nakua in this game. How is that possible? He looked perfectly fine to me. Mm-hmm. But you're without Chase Roberts. You're without Gunnar Romney. Isaac Rex might as well have not shown up because he didn't even run out for the field goals. Yeah. I look at these situations where. Three times you have 10 men on the field and you burn two timeouts and take a costly penalty that missed led to a missed field goal. You know you look at not assignment sound football, not doing your job. and we're gonna you know we everybody, I'm just waiting for the two Iaki bombs to come into the comments. But is this really about coaches or is this really about players? Are you telling me that Isaac Rex doesn't know he belongs on the field for for a field goal? Yeah, he does. Is yeah. Isaac Rex a true freshman who's never played a meaningful down? No, he's not. How how are we in a situation where BYU cannot put the right player on the field at the right time? It's inexcusable. It's week six. Yeah, and you had three major situations with ten guys on the field. Is that the coaches or is that the players? Because I I'm telling you now, if two of them were on defense, that's not on Tuiaki. It, it's not. You want to point to position coaches, okay, fine. This is on the players. I'm telling you, at some yeah. point, we've got to stop whining and complaining about Tuiyaki and A Rod, and we got to start talking about the fact that Jaron Hall threw a terrible pass that was intercepted. And and you could have intercepted that pass. Yes. Like we gotta stop blaming the coaches for poor player performance.
1: Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think that I think too often in sports, like we're we're, we're you know, hesitant to say, yeah. This guy just didn't perform. Yeah, Isaac Rex wasn't on the field when he was supposed to be on the field, or Jaron threw a bad pass, like, especially with BYU. But I feel like in sports, like, we don't want to just simply say, hey, yeah, you know, they didn't play well. And this seems to be week after week after week, we're sitting here talking about, hey, yeah, you know, you, you didn't play well so what what are you supposed to do because i can guarantee you kalani sataki didn't have it in the game plan for guys not to show up on a field goal or he didn't have it in the game plan for jaron to make a horrible decision on that throw and again i love jaron's game nine days out of ten jaron hall is a damn good quarterback but i'm telling you in these big games there are issues for this team and i don't know if it like if we're going to talk about players is that a leadership thing in their locker room from from guys like Jaron, that you know the captain core on this team to the rest of the team or 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 what is it and that's why i'm saying this is when we talk about detail work in football or or really in any sport the details are what define your success if if guys aren't doing their job you're not going to win a game and there's no better example of that than the isaac rex field goal thing there's no better example of that Then Jaron Hall, if Jaron Hall doesn't throw that interception, if Jaron Hall drives them down the field and you just get points of any kind on your first possession to start the game, we're having a different conversation. Because by the way, inside all this negativity, you did everything wrong that you did and you lost by eight points. And by the way, you
0: you ran the football really well. This was by far Chris Brooks's best performance as a BYU running back. There is no (laughs) doubt about that. And the frustrating thing for me is you got big, big performances out of out of guys that we've told you had to perform. Cody Epps has to step up without Chase Roberts, now likely without Gunnar Romney for an extended amount of time. And I feel
1: like you've been saying that for a couple weeks now, that Epps needs to kind of wake up and get that's, it going here. That's
0: my guy. And, and he needs, it's not even that Cody needs to step up. They need to give him opportunities. That's and right, they T. did. That's right, T. And they did. And Cody Epps performed. Yeah. Throw him the football, right? Yeah. Like, we can sit here and complain about tight ends and we can sit here and complain about underutilization. It, I, I'm telling you now, with all due respect, if Isaac Rex was that guy, he'd be that guy, pal. With all due respect. And he's not. And there's whatever it is. A a big play here, a couple of throws there, fine. I'm good with that. Throw the ball down the field. like That's your best asset. Let's stop hiding from it. Run the football effectively. It's fundamentals, bro. It's so frustrating to watch this team blow its own feet off. Why are we messing with the right guard? Not because he's on the show. Harris Lachance is your best option at right guard. It's not close. Yeah. Why are we rotating right guards when Kingsley and Harris are by far your best options on the right? Yeah. Harris has is Harris perfect? No. But Harris LaChance is more than doing the job. You moved him from tackle to guard. He I, in my opinion, he has picked up right where he left off from tackle to guard, and he's elevated his performance. He is moving guys, but you want to keep rotating guard, and it's costing you. On the goal line, run behind Harris and, and run in the A gap to Harris's left. That has worked routinely. Yes, yes, yes. Use if you're going to run these plays. By the way, where did where did the, the jet sweep to the right go? <laughs> right. Like I just look at these situations, underutilizing Cody Epps, not being consistent on the offensive line. The, these issues with not running the football consistently. A-Rod's a- got to do a better job calling plays Where offensively. Where is A-Rod a- right now? There's just no doubt about that in my mind. I-, I think... I am not a football coach. But the coaches on this team have to be better. There's no doubt about that. Isaac Rex cannot miss his his assignment on the field goal unit. It's incredible. You, you just like- can't. It... it- that's a self-inflicted wound. Whatever that was from Jaron Hall on the first play, it's a self-inflicted wound. Like having being in zone, zoning up Michael Mayer is a death sentence. Just forget about it. Just, I mean, just absolutely forget about it. It's a death sentence. I don't understand it. And
1: if that was your biggest problem, you still would have been fine in this game. I'm I'm gonna die on that hill. If if playing zone. Against one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in college football, was your biggest problem Saturday night, you would have won this football game. But that's that I think is why it's it's a bit frustrating to have to have this conversation. Because again, it you lost by eight points. You lost by one possession, even though you made all of these mistakes. That's what's incredible to me. I truly believe if this team was playing their best football. Jaron, injury aside, right? Injured, not injured, whatever. If this team as a unit was playing their best football, they can play anybody, man. They may not win these games, but they're in the game with the best teams in the country.
0: Again, asking, here's a perfect situation. You're asking Chris Brooks to pick up Isaiah Foskey, the defensive end, on a blitz for Notre Dame. Kingsley Suamataia decides not to block the defensive end and Chris Brooks picks him up and absolutely gets struck by Foskey. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. Like, is that on the coaches or is that on the player? Because if I'm an offensive line coach and I have Kingsley Suamataia on the right, at right tackle, I'm asking him to guard the defensive end. Yeah. I am asking him to block the defensive end. But what does Kingsley Suamataya do? He moves inside to double team the tackle, leaving Chris Brooks on an island to to try and check Foskey. And that's probably scheme, right? Is that is that a fair assumption to make that that's that's the scheme I, I, you're running? I, I can't believe that wh- whoever's decision that is said, yeah, you know what? Let Chris handle Foskey. No, I'm I, like that makes no. No do respect. <laughs> there's just no chance. No way. There's no it's, chance. It's just an un,
1: it, nobody would ask a back to do that. Nobody. Uh,
0: it it just, These are all self-inflicted wounds. Yes. And I think a lot of it is the players not executing mentally. Yeah. That's what this is. But I think there's a greater conversation
1: there. When a player, when, so when you see this same type of behavior week after week, right? Like, again, if it was kind of spot checking, like if it was just Oregon and then, It was just Notre Dame, and you had played your ass off in these other games. I wouldn't be on this train. But the fact is, is every single week for, like, the last four weeks, there have been issues. There have been self-inflicted wounds like this, and that's why I'm here to ask the question. We can, like, to me in my head, what goes through my head is, okay, the players are not mentally prepared to play. Like, can we just all agree on that? Like, whether it is Isaac Rex not being in the game, whether it is Jaron making a dumbass throw on the first play of the game, Whatever. Like, they're just not locked in, ready to go. I agree. So, who is that on? Because at the NFL level, that's on the coaching staff. But at some point, there's this balance you have to find of the coaches can do everything they can do. If the players just aren't that guy, they're not that guy. So, that's what I'm saying. Up to the Notre Dame game, Jaron, I felt like, could have been in the Heisman conversation. That's all over with now.
0: That's done. You can forget about that. So, yeah. so to me, yep. I don't know. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I look at this stuff that's happening and it's just frustrating. Let's get your thoughts in here. Gage Carter, good morning to you. Man, tough weekend to be a Ute or Bears fan. See, why?
1: <laughs> that's the first. This is, see, Gage? This, this being our first comment of the show is like Jaron throwing an interception on the first play of the
0: game. Come on, guy. Gage? Come on. Why bring up the Chicago Bears? Why? Why would you do that? Why well, do that? Come on now. You're not wrong, unfortunately. Uh, I honestly think Morgan Scally's job should be in jeopardy. Um, there's an interesting conversation around that because, by the way, it wasn't just BYU coming up in nine minutes. We will get to the Utah Utes as they lost to uh, UCLA. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Here we go. I'm not Here saying I'm perfect. There we go. But the three-letter assassin absolutely no. got the job done. I mean – Yes, he did. We'll talk about my guy, DTR, coming up here in nine (laughs) minutes on the show. (laughs) Your guy. It's my guy. (laughs) It's absolutely my guy on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates. Utahadvocates.com. Chat with them online right now about your injury case. Utahadvocates.com. Mike Chase says, morning, boys. Tough loss for both teams. BYU's slow start is what killed us. We played way better in the second half. No doubt about that. Tanner Plummer, I'm surprised. Are you hung over this morning? Are you um, just, I mean, I, I don't know how you're up this early and able to, um, you know, really have coherent thoughts. Well, I'm not saying your thoughts are coherent ever. No, no, no uh you you know uh i mean what i had meant to say was rsl made the playoffs last night were you Bro, what are you talking about man i mean were you straight raging with cat vibes all night or well, i'm like, glad
1: that rsl rolled out the Draymond video and you know used that to mock a bunch of people that's you know that was really high class material yeah RSL. what was that
0: on rsl
1: on twitter real real like, high class stuff there but anyway next comment what like yeah, yeah let's what not are we distracted here
0: what are we doing yeah um on. By the way, on a side note, he said, uh, I could go for some cotton candy right now. So could, hey, look at me. So could your dentist. Uh, Tanner says, Utah's season isn't over. I don't know why, but I still think they can win the Pac-12 South. Well, the Pac-12 South is no longer a thing. Um, they don't have divisions in the Pac-12. So yeah. just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, Spencer D says, "Sup, dude. What's up, Spencer? Sub, bro. What's up, dude? Uh, disappointing weekend in sports. Big time. Drop at the end for Puka. Can you believe that? How did he drop that football?
1: That's what I mean. Like, they should have won this game. Like, like I'm going to say that. Like, as well as Michael Mayer played, as well as Drew Pine played, as well as Audrey Estame played, BYU should have won the damn game. And that's what's so frustrating. You should still be a one-loss team. You should still be riding high. You should still be in a great place. And you're not because you didn't execute. <sighs> How many weeks in a row we got to have this conversation? Who
0: should have won the game? BYU. No, because Notre Dame executed and BYU didn't. Well, we can. So we can Notre sit Dame there and should have won the that, game, but
1: we can sit there and say that. But the fact is, is BYU wins this game if they execute. Who's a better
0: team? Like it's so frustrating, dude. Notre Dame's the better team. This is
1: the yeah, great. They're the better team. Well, like, but I, I, but listen,
0: you don't deserve to win games. You either win or you lose. And the thing, I never said they deserve the thing to win the that, game. right. Like, I understand, but the thing that stands out to me is like. You want to talk about Michael, May- Michael Mayer? I think we we sat here Friday and I told you. you this did. is a guy that's a problem. And you still zone him? You still decide to zone Michael Mayer and he tortured you. But no one's going to disrespect me. And then you put Michael Har- Micah Harper on him and you're fine. He is far less effective in the second half. And man, mm-hmm. why the why why not make that adjustment sooner? And what made you think that having Michael Mayer in zone where he was wide open for that touchdown down the left side? What made you think that zone is the right thing to do on that guy? That that, that So when we talk about should have, could have, would have won the game, you're not going to win the game when you come out the first half and you and you check Michael Mayer in zone. Keep it real. That's not going to happen. You're not going to win the game. The, you have a quarterback and Drew Pine who essentially is getting his first real long-form action for Notre Dame. He is clearly growing and developing as a thrower of the football. Right. He is an effective passer. When you have a weapon like Michael Mayer, truly, they do not want to throw to wide receivers at Notre Dame. Trust me when I tell you that. Michael Mayer is their guy. Man him up. Man him up. And when you did that, I thought it worked. I think Ben Bywater is your defensive star of the game. I thought Ben Bywater had one of his best games as a BYU cougar. And a lot of that was was being physical with Michael Mayer. Yeah. And I thought he did a really good job on that. Because
1: that's what you have to do to guys like Michael Mayer. You gotta be physical. Man. You gotta bump him at the line of scrimmage. Like you gotta make their life difficult. And that doesn't exist in zone concepts.
0: Renee Rocas says I didn't see the game wasn't an ugly loss. It wasn't an ugly loss. It it's just BYU now has has told us who they are they're a team that makes mental mistakes they start slowly and they try to overcome that in the second half yeah that's who BYU is they make mental mistakes repeatedly three times 10 men on the field cost you three points what's the difference at 28 23 but you know now you're within a touchdown of winning the game but you missed the field goal because you took a five-yard delay penalty because Isaac Rex forgot to run on the field for field goal. Y'all feel me? Even though he's on the field goal team every single time, he just chooses in one of the biggest games of the year not to come on the field with the field goal team. Right. And that's Kalani's fault? It, it, are, are you kidding me? Like You're a team that makes mental mistakes. Those mental mistakes blow your feet off. You decided that you want to You want to rotate guys on the offensive line. You want to rotate Harris out at at right guard. And it killed you. In my opinion, you were having your finest rushing game of the year. And yet you continue to alternate drives at right guard. Right. And I don't understand it. And you decided to zone up Michael Bayer the first half. I don't understand it. You come out and quite literally, I'm not exaggerating, Jaron Hall throws a fly ball to Notre Dame's defense on the first play of the game. (laughs) I don't understand it. I I mean, there's a lot of things you could have done here. You don't get Puka. I don't believe Puka had a target in the first half. I might be wrong about that. You don't target Puka Nakua. He's back playing. You sat him out of the Utah State game when he was available. You sat him out of the Utah State game, and then you don't target him in the first half. And he's really under, vastly underutilized. Yeah. The entire game. These are mental mistakes. These are play calling issues. These are not all oh, Jaron's shoulder. He's on the field. He's not injured. Yeah. Uh, it is. What and it that's is.
1: what it was last year too. By the way, like that was that's the conversation we had last year too. So I agree with that.
0: Yep. Snuka says BYU its own worst enemy. I agree with that. Completely true. You know. Um. You know. Uh, Tanner says, "LOL, I'm not saying your thoughts are coherent. I'm not. You know, I, I don't mean to label people." Lopes fan Gabe says, "Good morning, Casual. What's up, Lopes?" Uh, Snuka says, "ND is good, but BYU made them look better. Uh, that is absolutely true. Yeah, that is absolutely true. But I mean, on the positive side of things, like this was by far your best running performance, and I do think there is there is a lot of credence in making Lopini Katoa your number one running back." I think he's not a guy that you're going to give 25, 30 carries, but he's a guy that needs more carries. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, Chris Brooks had his finest game as a Cougar. This may have been the coming out party for Chris Brooks. No, unfortunately, it's October, the middle of October, yeah, and you're finally at, you're at the Arkansas game, which is not great. You know, um, Tanner said, "Yeah, I didn't like RSL posted that Draymond video. Yeah, if you didn't see it, RSL." RSL posted a video where they essentially mocked Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole as a way to strike out at the haters against them. Mm-hmm. And it's just an its poor form. Yeah. It's poor form. Low cash. And it, it's just not something that, that you should be doing. I mean, last night, if, if you missed it, RSL won its second. What's the right way to say it? They had to win out. They had to win these two games. Yeah to make the, the MLS playoffs. They do that. Yeah. And and I thought it was a really good moment. I I did. I thought it was a really good moment. Um, and I think that it is, you know, certainly one of those things you're going to look back at is, you know, something that brings you together. Yeah. But I I mean, it's to me, it's just, it was, it was low cash in my opinion, Six thirty. the biggest stories in sports presented by quick quack car wash. Um, by the way, yeah, by the way, the quick quack that we go to here at the district is getting a complete remodel now. So I'm totally stoked about that. Yes. Excited that quick quack quick quack is remodeling our car wash, but there's quick quack car washes all over the Valley. And I tell you, go to quick quack car wash because it's a fun experience. The people are friendly. You get a really good car wash, by the way, it's well-priced so you can afford a membership so that now that the winter and the snow and the salt and the ice are coming, you can get your car washed two, three times a week. That's what we all want. For one cost. Yeah. Right? So I always tell you that. But the reason I go to Quick Quack Car Wash is because of the people. The people that work there are friendly. They actually smile. They actually look like they want to be there. There's nothing worse than going to other car washes and the people are like, yeah, let's go. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> and then they don't help you, like, guide your car into the rail. Yeah. You know, you got to pull your front left wheel into the rail. Yeah. And you wind up hitting the rail or scratch, scratching a wheel. Not a quick quack car wash. You have somebody that's friendly, standing there, smiling, like, really directing you well. Like Quick quack's just a better car wash experience. So get to your local uh, quick quack car wash. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. The biggest stories in sports this morning. No doubt about it. We've been talking about the BYU loss. But what about the Utah loss because this was not a this was not a much better performance Jake. I I think that um without question you look at you look at Utah and you see um what happened and this loss to UCLA was ugly. I mean I guess the question is can can Utah still compete and win uh the Pac-12 championship.
1: Yeah, I mean I think they can still compete for it, no doubt. Um I think things have changed, though, as far as Cam Rising is concerned. You know, I, I watching this game, very untimely turnovers, you know, whether it was the pick over the middle to the linebackers when UCLA was running that Tampa 2 scheme on defense where you're dropping your linebackers back into coverage. So they kind of blend in, and, and that's kind of – that's the whole concept of that defense, having your linebacker drop instead of playing the intermediate. So you have one extra guy down the field and it worked. Cam rising, took the bait and turned the football over. And then late in the game when they were down and it, and really at this time game really wasn't in question in my opinion, but he, he has that fumble where they strip him as he's trying to get a couple extra yards, you know, just untimely stuff out of cam rising. And, and look, I understand turnovers are going to happen, but for me, you know, this conversation that's sort of on the back burner right now about who's the best quarterback in Utah. I think that that conversation is still very even because both of these guys had some pretty bad turnovers this week. So to me, I, I look at this Utah loss to UCLA and, and and I say, yeah, you know, DTR is a damn good quarterback and he deserves a lot of credit for that. You know, whether, uh, whether it's the progression he's made, um, you know, in the throwing part of his game, like I felt like he placed his ball placement was elite. Like I'm talking about over the middle of the field, really tight windows, like really everything you could ask for out of a quarterback. And then the running stuff obviously is what really makes him special. You know, the ability to jump over guys, make guys miss, that type of thing combined with his ability to throw the ball is ultimately, you know, a big reason why UCLA won this game, but I but I will say I did feel like the turnovers, as usual in football, really were the nail in the coffin. I felt like Utah really had some momentum in the second half um, in that third quarter. I felt like they were moving the ball well. They come out, they score. And then that pick, when they were at the 40-yard line, oh. I think, just killed them. And that was kind of, for me, while the game didn't end right there, I felt like that was kind of the beginning of the end because your momentum was just dead at that point. You There was nowhere, really, for you to go because you gave them extra possessions, and of course, they capitalized on that. So well, that's, you, that's what was frustrating. You
0: can't give UCLA 502 total yards of offense yeah. and expect to win. And one of the questions that has to be asked out of this game is, uh, what's going on with Morgan Scalley in this defense? Because this well, is shocking. And listen, no, nobody's been a bigger supporter at DTR than me. They're not 502 yards of total offense. I mean, uh, with all due respect, T, uh, yeah. I just don't see that, that UCLA is a 500-yard offense. I with person. all due respect. I mean, they're not. Uh, 502 yards That's right, T. of total offense is shocking yeah. against this Utah team. To give up 42 points, to give up uh, you know, 307 total yards to DTR, Zach Charbonnet had a massive game running the ball. Like, this was shocking. And as many questions as people want to ask about, you know, Tuiaki and, and the BYU defense, Jake, I think you have to ask real questions about Morgan Scally and this U defense because it doesn't make any sense at all that you're allowing 500 yards of offense to yeah. to UCLA. I mean, you look at some of the numbers um, that, that UCLA put up, I mean – I mean, Zach Charbonnet, 22 for 198. He averaged nine yards per carry in that game. Overall, (coughs) UCLA on 38 carries averaged 5.3 yards a carry. Good Lord. Yeah, they were eating for sure. I mean, 13 yards per pass out of DTR. Um, And the funny thing is, Jake Bobo was largely ineffective. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're all worldwide receiver who is a phenomenal talent. Has three catches in 22 yards. If I'd have told you that on Friday, you'd have been like, "Oh yeah, Utah's winning that game." Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that you you look at the rest of the these guys. You had eight guys catch a pass from DTR yeah. for UCLA. They spread the football around, and then you look at the offense, and and it's not like Utah didn't run the ball for 192 yards. They just didn't convert. Yeah. And and I think it's it's really as simple as that. And you, you look at the mistakes, and you look at the fact that UCLA had, um what, two sacks and three tackles for loss, like, this is just an unfathomable performance out of Utah.
1: Yeah, and I think that, you know, you had, you know, uh, Yasmin had dropped a, a, a pass, um you know, at the 10-yard line. He was wide open, hit him right in the hands, and admittedly, it was on his fingertips just a to touch out in front of him, but that's one you got to have. That's a touchdown right there. So uh, what it would you know? So Utah finishes with 32 points. They're probably at 38, 40 points there if he would just simply make a catch. Like like I just I, and I don't know if if maybe there was something in the water this week in the state of Utah. But there were a lot of mental mistakes. I have to be honest in both of these games and and really for Utah. You know, I just I just felt like they got outclassed, honestly. Like you know, and, and obviously we can have the conversation about Morgan Scully and the defense and and how bad it was, but I just felt like they weren't ready for for DTR's throwing ability. I have to be honest, and 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 I'm happy to eat my crow sandwich. I didn't feel like DTR was gonna be able to sling it all around the football field on this defense, and that's exactly what he did. I mean, you just said I think you said what? He had eight eight different guys with multiple catches or whatever like he he spread it around and and he looked good doing it he looked in control so to me i i i, I don't what else do you say i mean it, it very much to me feels like it's a situation where you just have to tip your cap to UCLA they were better and it's unfortunate because Utah i know for a fact i have to agree with you utah is not a 502 yard of offense give it up type team that's just not who who they are they're not a defense that Typically is going to just get, you know, dominated like that. And, and that's pretty much what happened. And it was disappointing to see. And I felt like, all right, third quarter, we got something special going on here as they're driving down the field. And then boom, interception. You know, I look at, I look at Cam, you know, when the game was largely over, but he's not giving up five minutes left running through the A-gap, get stripped. Like, it just was one of those, it just, you know. That
0: was demoralizing. That's where you're like, damn. You're
1: like, damn, it's over. It's done.
0: Yeah, and I I just, I, I, yeah, man. And by the way, now you got to ask the question, how does this team get up for USC? Because they're coming. Well, and by the way, by the way, and I know that I am not, you know, everybody's favorite gambling, (laughs) you know, handicap or whatever. But am I the only one that is surprised that Utah's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over USC on Saturday?
1: Well, the only thing that can be, in my opinion, is is that it's at Rice-Eccles. I, yeah, I, I mean, I that's got to be say. it. I, I, I don't yeah. know
0: what else that could be. I mean, you look at the fact this is Saturday. It's a primetime game, 6 o'clock uh, on Fox. Like, it is shocking to me, shocking to me, that you have a situation at, at – at, I mean, everything you want is probably still in front of you. You look at the Pac-12. Um, you've got you've got a lot of ground to cover in front of you, obviously. But I mean, I think Oregon's beatable, although that schedule. I mean, their toughest game left is probably is probably Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I look at UCLA. The the biggest issue for for me with UCLA um, is their schedule. I mean, their 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 most difficult game is this week, or, or excuse me, they're on bye. Next weekend, the twenty second, they are at they are at Oregon.
1: But think about that game. This is a great example of how scheduling can really work out for you. So you win a really tough uh, a, a really tough game with Utah on paper. Yes, you know, this, this this past week, obviously. Now you've won heading into your bye and you feel really good about the fact that you can throw it all over the yard, that that you can that that you can beat teams when, you know, wherever, whenever. If DTR is capable of throwing, you know, throwing and producing 502 total yards of offense against the Utah defense, I think we can pretty confidently say that DTR and that that UCLA offense is capable of going up to Autzen and giving the Ducks everything they can handle. Now, again, I know it's Autzen, undefeated streak at home for Oregon, totally get it, but you can't tell me heading into this game that people don't feel really good about UCLA's chances when they're rested. They put on a great performance against Utah. Like I, I, That's going to be a game of the week for me.
0: Well, I think when you look at Oregon, the bigger issue is that Utah's on their schedule, but I Oregon's going to be off of a bye as well. I, I just look at Bo Nix with three more rushing touchdowns this weekend. I mean, I think you got to favor Oregon in this game, and, and when I look up and down this schedule, I don't know. I, I, I think that that home game against... I think that home game against Utah is 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 the end all be all because I think Oregon's got probably has the best chance to win the Pac-12 championship based on schedule. I mean, you yeah you look at you look at USC's schedule, um, and you don't feel like there's there's a whole lot in um, there's a whole lot in their schedule. I mean, obviously they have UCLA coming up at the end of the year, but um, I, I just don't believe that like USC's schedule is at Utah. At Arizona, that's a win. Cal, Colorado, at UCLA, and Notre Dame. There's losses on that schedule. I mean, now, frankly, the game for Notre Dame is at the Coliseum, so you would think that with that offense, with that offense, USC should be able to outgun Notre Dame. Again, I think Utah is the 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 pinnacle of who wins the championship. Yeah. If Utah doesn't win the conference championship or play for it, um they're going to have a major hand in who does because obviously they have these uh, uh, these teams on their schedule now UCLA's got the leg up because now they've got the head to head but when you look at and I'm still a believer in USC I think Utah's beating USC I do I, I mean there there is there is no doubt and I know that you were busy procreating and and you know doing all kinds of amazing things um, this weekend, <laughs> so you were not watching the you know, the amazing fight on USC Trojans. That's right, T. They weren't so amazing this weekend. There was a long stretch of that game against the Cougs that uh, it felt like Washington State had a chance to win that game until they didn't, but you, you look at the way that Caleb Williams played in that game, he was far less than scintillating and likely cost himself any chance at a Heisman mm-hmm. with that performance. I think there's a real chance that Utah is right there in the mix for a Pac-12 championship at the end of the year. I don't see any way, shape, or form that that this season's over.
1: So, who do you think the best team in the Pac-12 is then? Right now, I mean, obviously I think UCLA had a big performance. But.
0: I think that's up in the air. I mean, I, I, at, you know, a week from now, or excuse me, because they're on by two weeks from now, we're going to find out who UCLA is. I mean, if you if 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 you really had to put the screws to me right now and who's the best team in the Pac-12, I might say Oregon. Because the way that Bo Nix is running the football um, and the way that they're playing defensively, I think they're better defensively than anybody thought they would be. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I I think we all had questions about Bo Nix throwing the football. I don't think anybody knew he was going to be this prolific of a runner. And I think right now, I think it's Oregon or UCLA today here uh, on the 10th of October. I don't know how you don't say Oregon or UCLA, because I got real questions about about USC. Um and we're going to talk about the AP top 25 coming up in 5 minutes on uh, football of 50% by Papa Murphy's pizza. But I look at I look at who's got a legitimate seat at the table this year in the Pac-12. I still count Utah in that pool of teams. Totally. It is very difficult to go undefeated in this conference and I think we see a lot of weakness in in USC now. We see a lot of weakness Oregon on the road is not Oregon at home totally um but they get Ucla at home and they get Utah at home I don't know what to make of that I I think Oregon's schedule very much lines up that Oregon's going to be in the, the conference championship yeah now who that second team is I don't know Ucla's got to find a way to blow a second game. <laughs> if 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 Utah's going to get into that conference championship, obviously you got to win this weekend. Yes, this weekend is the beginning and the end. The the whole it's your season. You know it's your season. Yeah. You got to find a way to beat to beat USC. Now
1: I have a question. Tanner Plummer has routinely on this show embarrassed himself, and he's doing it yet again. Right here, he says, "Random question." You got you go up about four comments up. Right there, right there. Random question. Are you kidding me right now?
0: God. That's right, T. How on earth do you not know where that drop is from? That's right, T. Somebody please get in the comments and tell All due Tanner. Respect.
1: Oh, no, it's going down. I mean, it's going down. People are explaining this to
0: him. Okay, good. All due respect. Yeah, how do you not know where that's All from? All due respect. Where, Alex Chacon, thank you. Thank you. That's right, T. It's from the Sopranos. You go. No. Are you kidding me? Tony Soprano. Tony. Arguably the greatest character in the history of, of scripted television. That's right, T. Tony mother Soprano. Man. Today is just that day. Yeah, it is. Today's that, yeah, like Tanner.
1: What is the opposite of Victory Monday? Is it Is it losing Monday? Is that what we're calling
0: it? <laughs> I don't know, but let's see. The Bears lost a game they probably should have won. B Y U lost. Utah lost. Like, I mean, what are, what are we even talking about here? Now, thankfully, my Padres won. Oh yeah, you know your Padres slam Diego, slam Diego. Man, that game was fun. That game was
1: fun as hell, dude. Yeah, you've been a Padre. Fan uh, that's for a while. my second yeah. team. Yeah,
0: going back for yeah until a long Tatis
1: while. put a needle in his arm. You know,
0: how come we can't talk more baseball in Salt Lake City? Yeah, I don't because know. I agree. The and we've got three minutes until football at fifty. Yeah. Three minutes. But I think here on the here on the Monty show presented by the advocates, Utah Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that one of the biggest stories in sports presented by Quick Quack Car Wash is the, f- How <laughs> about that? the fact that the Slam Diego Padres yeah. knocked off the Mets of New York. Screw you, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um the fact that the Padres knocked off the Mets and that Buck Showalter the manager of the Mets wanted to have the Padres pitchers ears checked for a foreign substance Joe
1: Musgrove nobody yeah.
0: knows who that is um that's why I didn't say his name yeah. but that Buck Showalter wanted Musgrove's ears checked for a foreign substance now having said that he's got a fine ass pair of ears <laughs> And, and they were shiny and sexy, and they were amazing. <laughs> I would have wanted to touch them as well. Right, right. But there was no Vaseline on those ears. Right, there Vaseline. Was, there was no spider tech. Yeah. Stick. Um, yeah. Uh, Garrett uh, Cole,
1: uh, you know, have you ever used the uh, spider tech? Um,
0: um, what are um, you doing having having Marquez, the umpire, rub Joe Musgrove's ears? Like, I understand Mrs. Monty has a foot fetish. Maybe she should have an ear fetish. I don't know. She loves feet. What? Uh, oh, Mrs. the dongle. Monty. Yeah. Mrs. Monty yeah. needs the dongle. Um, but, you know, oh, sorry. There you go. Uh, Mrs. Monty um, is doing some behind-the-scenes covert studio work this morning. Um. Uh, my point is. Yeah. My point is. Yeah. How do you have his ears rubbed by Marquez? You Mar- know who I am? Alfonso Marquez. It's embarrassing. The umpire is literally rubbing Musgrove's ears. It's embarrassing. By the way, um, Wales Vagina fans and fans of the Wales Vagina, you asked for the Dragon Up North. That's what the Padres refer to the Dodgers as. <laughs> <laughs> the Dragon. The dragon up north. I thought you said the dragon. You asked for the dragon up north. I Let's hope that you have plenty of fire retardant because the Dodgers fire are very retarded. good. Yeah, fire retardant. Yeah, fire, dragon. Tell you what they
1: breathe. Oh, they breathe fire. And so, okay, see what he did there? Fire and putting out the fire. Okay, got it, got it. I'm with you, you now. I mean. Right, you, you, I'm with you now. You put out the fire. Right, put out, right,
0: okay. He had the umpire rub his ears uh, what uh, are are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, Jeff Johnson, or excuse me, Geoff Johnson says, uh, "Hallelujah, <laughs> baseball talk." Yeah, you know. Eric and Raleigh says the buzz is huge for the Salt Lake Bees. See, see what we, he did there? See what he did there? The, you know the, the bees buzz and, the and the buzz
1: and, and yeah, because they're bees and they buzz when <laughs> they fly. Yeah, you give know. me the honey, honey. Yeah.
0: Anyway, you know. It just it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Every day on this show we find a way, man. Keaton Critchlow says, "Man, on the more baseball talk." Yeah. Okay. Uh James Knight says, "Can we get can we ban Tanner for his gangster ignorance?" Well, you know, Edwin says Tanner's been getting destroyed lately because he's he's earned that. Yeah. You know, like this goes back to Tanner like I was tweeting stuff about Rudy Gobert. Being Rudy traded. Gobert. Rudy Gobert. And by the way, Kenai Johnson said he ordered a, a mattress for Rudy Gobert. He's like, by the way, on a side note, I, I got a mattress order for Rudy Gobert. Okay. 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 Uh, but this goes back to Tanner being like, hey, Monty, yeah, tell us who your sources are. You name them. <laughs> My source is Tony Soprano. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, It is what it is. Uh, Mike Maple says, Tony Soprano versus Walter White. Tony Soprano, because he'd have Walter White whacked, period. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Mike P says, my God, the only thing more boring than watching paint dry stickball. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, I'm sorry. I thought you said Mrs. Monty needs the dongle. Is that what we're calling it now? (laughs) Gabe? I mean listen, you ain't wrong.
1: Oh my God, dude. <laughs> what do you what do you
0: what do you call your dongle? I call mine Football fifty presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code Monty twenty-five to get twenty-five percent off your dongle. Bro, that was some of your best work. You Literally that
1: was some of your best work.
0: Are you kidding and me? And it's only six fifty. Come on. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure that you Use the promo code Monty25. You guys have been amazing getting Papa Murphy's pizza with our promo code. Thank you. That's all I can say is you guys are awesome. Use that promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more uh, using the promo code Monty25. Um let's ask the question. let's just get it conversation. Yeah. Is the protocol for concussions working in the NFL? There were several incidents yesterday in the national football league and we can't play the videos because they copyright infringe us every time we do um but the teddy bridgewater incident for the yep. dolphins yep. was probably the most egregious one yesterday he hurt his elbow and they said he had a concussion and the independent observer above right. not not that's not Jesus, the guy in the box not god Um, said that he saw Teddy Bridgewater stumble and that's why he couldn't have Teddy Bridgewater on the field. And that even though Teddy Bridgewater passed the concussion protocol easily, he was not able to return to the game. Right. Is that not worse than having a guy with a concussion return to the game? Like, I mean, you got to get this right. Yeah. You I mean, got to get this right. They
1: they just have no ability to to say, "Okay, we got to take this guy out of the game to check him and then have that check that they do be reliable and done right every single time." That's the issue with the Tua thing. The issue isn't that, you Tua. know, you 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 know he got a second concussion, cuz that concussion never would have happened if you'd have got the first check right. So, Tua. why is this so difficult?
0: Tua. Tua. him you by, by your tured. mama. You got Tua by your mama. By Loa. Uh, anyway, the point is, no, the concussion protocol is not working. No. Now, speaking of video that we can play, this is amazing. Yeah. So you know that fans have been running on the field. Bobby Wagner had a police report filed against him because he <laughs> ear-holed a guy targeting. He ear a guy who wasn't t- wearing a helmet. <laughs> totally ear holding. Well, you still have a hole in your ear. Dude. And now that guy's got a bigger one. So yesterday, I think they thought it would be funny to have uh, another fan run on the field. Now watch this video. Right? Okay. Uh, suck it! Down he goes. Right? Like pancake block or pizza block in this case. Um, there's no doubt he jacko-pizzaed him. Right. But my point right. is, look at the, look at the the kid and tell me what you think of that, Jake.
1: Yeah. So the the tackling technique was absolutely incredible. I mean, you look at this video and it's like, hey, kid, you're running on the field and this guy tackling him is probably, you know. A big dude I'm, I'm not gonna speculate on the guy's weight but he was a big dude I I look at this play and I'm like uh like bro you speared that guy now you compare this to the Bobby Wagner play and it's like the difference is is the Bobby Wagner play was like a full-grown adult who decided it would be a good idea to run on the field and he was protesting something and he died for a greater cause on the football field with his pink smoke and whatever to me these two things are exactly the same it doesn't matter what your age is if you're 10 years old or 99 years old your ass is getting speared on a football field if you're a fan running on the field i have no remorse for this kid zero empathy you knew what you were doing and i don't care if you're 10 years old man come on now
0: hello you can't run on the field sorry i was taking a covert phone call (coughs) here's the problem he's 10 years old and I uh. say it doesn't matter to me. They're not carding kids. They're like, hey, can I see your ID before you run on the field illegally? Uh, okay, great. Go ahead. You're uh, No, he's 10 years old. He got jacked up. If this kid's parents sue or if this kid sue, I, I mean, and they're already talking about it. Yeah. They're already talking about it. I mean, this it.
1: is what we do. I mean, we talked about this last week with the Bobby Wagner thing. Something happens to you, and it only happened to you because you broke the law or broke a rule or did something you shouldn't have done. So now you're going to be all pissed off that you once again nah, got bro. absolutely lit on a football field. Look I love
0: that. it. That is, to me, that's a better, that's a better form tackle than this one right here. Look, notice the smoke. Notice how much of a circus this is. Watch this. Oh, my God. I mean, he put his helmet right. Watch the, watch the crown of Bobby Wagner's helmet. Leads here. with the crown. Lunches. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, dude. That's targeting all day. That's targeting all day. Yeah, we'll see you later.
0: <laughs> Does either one of those people have a case to sue? No, none. No, I don't think Absolutely so Absolutely none. And you should not. I don't care if they're 10-year-olds or not. You know, uh, Eric and Rodley says, oh, no, it's consequences for my own. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like how are you going to sue when, <laughs> when you went on a football field, bro?
1: Oh, it's, oh no. Consequences. It.
0: It was in that moment that he knew. He blanked up. <laughs> Eric with the with the win. Um, let's see. Steven Guild says, did that kid have pig li- uh, pigtails? Play it again. Play it again. Did he have pigtail? Yes. Oh, my God. He, he has pigtails. He does. What? Are you kidding me?
1: Oh, my God.
0: And, by the way, look, he got hit harder than Tom Brady, and they didn't even throw a flag. <laughs> and the kid is wearing a Tom Brady jersey.
1: The fact that the kid gets hit midair is incredible. And then
0: the security guard in the blue shirt points at somebody like, yeah, I'm a bad man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. Look at me. We're here. Hey, You're you done. Didn't, you didn't make the hit, but that's my team who did. Yeah. I don't know. I If, they, if this kid sues, I'd be so pissed about that. Uh, let's talk Arizona Cardinal football. All right. We'll see you next year. Um, Who's more to blame, Kyler Murray or Cliffy? Did you see Kyler Murray yesterday do this? I mean, they're marching down the field, essentially trying to win the game or tie the game, I think it was, with a field goal. Yeah. And Kyler Murray slides a yard short, a yard short of the line to gain. Yes. And they miss the field goal and they were forced to kick the field goal because Kyler thought he got a first down when he was short by about a yard and a half. Yeah. They spike it. That means it's fourth down. They have to kick the field goal from there. Amendola misses the field goal. They lose. Is this Cliffy's fault or is it Kyler's fault? No,
1: this is on Kyler Murray in my opinion. You you slid before the sticks, and the NFL rule clearly states that When a quarterback is sliding, the ball will be down where he begins his slide. So where he begins that sliding motion, not where his knee touches. No. So so to me, you knew where the sticks were. You came up short. And because your team didn't have timeouts, which, again, that's a different conversation. You can put that on Cliffy. But because your team didn't have timeouts in that situation with about 30 seconds left, you were forced to kick because Kyler slid on third down, which made it fourth down. So, to me, I just I, I, it's just unbelievable
0: to me. How wow. does that
1: even happen?
0: I don't know, but slam, Sam J says, Hey, congrats on your prediction of Utah beating UCLA. I blame you for the loss. Was angry Dorian Thompson Robinson mom got a hold of your video, and I'm sure she passed it on. Easy win, huh? Sam, are you bitter, bro?
1: It, right Sam, there. Are, are you? are you <laughs> This guy are,
0: right there. Are you bitter, bro? Right there. That was you. Who told you Dorian Thompson Robinson for the win? By the way, um, you know the thing that I know to be fact is that Dorian Thompson Robinson is a huge Papa Murphy's fan. 911, what's your emergency?
3: I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing! Papa Murphy's. <laughs>
0: Papa Murphy's. Do it. Use the promo code. 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza when you use the promo code MONTEE25. Love that you guys are all doing that. By the way, I will say again, we had the Papa Murphy's Pizza Friday night. Yes. Just going to tell you, barbecue sauce and green onion undefeated. Yes. Undefeated. Later in the show, though, later in the show, a shocking turn of events. <clears> hmm <throat> shocking turn of events as I had the Taco Bell breakfast crunch wrap. Bro, what are you talking about, man? I gotta tell you, the game has not changed in breakfast for fast food. Let me just, the, the game has not changed, sir.
2: Yes, you did! Yes, you did!
0: Have you tried it yet? No. You haven't? We could try it today if you want. Are you a crunch wrap fan?
1: Yes, big time. Big time. Homemade crunch wraps? Fire
0: yeah but the girl you broke up over text is what I think of when we made wraps at home
1: because that was her no, you recipe just, you just can't help yourself you what? know you just can't help what? yourself am I wrong it's not about if you're wrong or not <laughs> That's not what it's about. That's not what it's about.
2: What is it? Because it was her thing.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It, it was her. Oh, thing. Jake! It was her thing. We ended. It's my thing now. Because it's completely my family. Control you. Like what We're are you talking a dog. about? Come on. He's gonna
0: crap on a plane. Hey,
1: I, for the record, I wasn't on that plane, and I shot that idea down. And she did what she wanted to do. Let's okay? make
0: let's make Crunchwrap Supremes at um, home um, and live um, happily ever after. Um. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, that's what, when you say, oh, let's make homemade Crunchwrap Supremes. Mm-hmm. I think of that crazy girl you broke up he with broke over, text. Up, was over text. He broke up with over text Legitimately, he did. But you never use context. It don't, don't matter. You it don't. don't matter, man. You don't use it context. It don't matter, man. Don't get your facts you, Did you break up with her in a text message? Yes. Yes, but you but, did. But, End of story. Your Honor, direct <laughs> the witness not to talk in narratives. What is this,
1: narratives. SVU? Your Honor. What is this, SVU? Yes or no? Okay first order all, never make that motion order again. Oh. never make that motion
0: again number one did you break up with her over text yeah, yes or no yes yeah, you did. please respect my privacy yes next you did question. yes you did and morris says i thought you were a vegetarian until thanksgiving until thanksgiving uh james knight says how was the no meat you sellouts it sucks i'm gonna be honest with you it sucks Fact. because this weekend what did i think about all weekend long I want some Papa wings. Murphy's. We had Papa Murphy's, know, and it was amazing. God, and then Saturday morning, I had Papa Murphy's for breakfast. Was Did amazing. You really? Yeah, we had cold pizza. Oh. Mm. Papa Murphy's cold. Oh, uh, but all weekend long, all I thought about were two things really. I want wings, right? And I want turkey meat taco salads. That that my my wife's like, honey, Let's make salads and eat. Eat, let's eat things that grow from Mother Earth's bosoms. Butthole. I'm like, okay, cool, neat. Can't put turkey meat on it. Like it's, I miss it. I said Skippy. You know, you know. Good for you guys going vegan until Thanksgiving. Stop. No, Nobody again, said we're vegan. not going vegan. Tanner. Jesus. You know the Eagles are undefeated, and this kid thinks he runs the world now. That's right, T. You don't. It's no. You know how you know if somebody's vegan? They're going <laughs> to tell you, I am not vegan. Yeah. Again, I am guy, not.
1: guy who ran on the football field with pink smoke.
0: Yeah, that guy's a vegan. Yeah, clearly. James Knight said, so is Mrs. Monty the only meat eater in the house?
1: No, she is not a meat eater.
0: Oh, yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> Ed L- Edwin says, Papa Murphy's is the best leftover pizza. It is. It really is, though.
1: It is. And it's the crust. It's the taste of the crust that really makes it. I'm
0: telling you right now, if you have not used our promo code for Papa Murphy's, I just... Hey, look here, man.
1: It's so good. What's your favorite meat on Thanksgiving? You turkey guy, ham guy, you know,
0: uh, prime rib guy? I am a... Nah. See, and where our lives have matriculated to. Yeah, matriculated. Um, is we generally go to like a swanky buffet up in Park City because we <laughs> snowboard. Well, we used to. His girlfriend doesn't let him spend time with us anymore. Um, Stop. Stop. We used why, 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 to. Why? Why are you doing what? that,
1: dude? Wh- doing what? Why are you doing that? Are we just clear
0: saying. on that? Um, we usually go to like – we snowboard all day on Thanksgiving, uh-huh. and then we go to like a buffet up in Park City. Right. And we haven't done that recently because of the pandemic, so we had not been able to do that. But – On Thanksgiving, I'm not a prime rib guy. I am much more of a white meat, turkey, gravy, mashed potatoes. I'm going to do that.
1: Excuse me, it's mashed potatoes.
0: Mashed potatoes. Yeah. You know. Uh, Eric says all three get turkey, ham, and prime (laughs) rib. I I mean, You You ain't wrong. (laughs) You ain't wrong. Uh, Tanner says a swanky buffet. You know the funny thing is I was in Murray yesterday at the mall. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is they're building next to Shake Shack, but it's not going to be better than Shake Shack. Mm Mm-hmm but Chuck or excuse me Chuck Arama <coughs> um had a line out the door and around the building on a Sunday Chuck Arama That's right, T. out the door what around the building is on Sunday.
1: We all know what that yeah, is.
0: Families and stuff. Yeah. You know, it is. Snooka says honey baked ham. Mm. Oh. Boyd Lake says dark meat turkey. We You're have not- to smoke a turkey, man. We have to. We do. I got to do we that do. at some point. We got to smoke a turkey, but The other thing is the stuffing is critical. Why are we talking about Thanksgiving? Uh, Because because some some
1: guy was like, Oh no no. Some guy was like but again, we have we this is why it got brought up. (laughs) Hey, it got brought up because people were like, Oh, well you guys are Jamokes for not eating meat. And then we
0: graduated,
1: or excuse me, matriculated to Thanksgiving and all of that. So
0: anyway, we can get back on track now. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank you. Uh, utahadvocates.com. Free consultations, free consultations, free consultations. consultations. Do you think you need a lawyer? You need a lawyer. I love that people are like, well, I'm not sure if I need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. If you're like, well, maybe. no, look are hey, man. Mm-hmm. Not sure, maybe. Do I, maybe? Yes, you do. If you're wondering, do I? Yes, you do. In any situation. Am I ugly? Yes, you are. Do I need an injury attorney? Absolutely. Absolutely. If you've been in a car wreck, um, you know, there's so much distracted driving out there right now from phones, kids, food, in the car while you're driving. If somebody hits you because they were driving distracted, you deserve to be compensated for that. That's not your fault. And I think there's a stigma around, well, I don't want to be litigious but you deserve to be made whole and i think the 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 thing is we're like oh but i have insurance for that they're not on your side man. I the respect. they're not insurance companies have thousands of attorneys that represent them you need to be represented you need somebody that'll fight for you that's why you go to the advocates tie chat with them online for free i know there's yeah. a lot of people who are uncomfortable having phone conversations or in-person meetings You can chat with the advocates online right now at utahadvocates.com. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. There's no big retainers, no consultation fees. Free consultations at utahadvocates.com. BYU and Utah both lost this weekend. And I saw a lot of people being like, well, it's over. It's over it may not be the season that you had hoped it would be especially with utah and notre dame and or excuse me byu and notre dame notre dame beats byu 28 20. Um, a lot of people are asking can they beat arkansas arkansas sputtering as well and that's what i would call byu by the way byu is sputtering and all of these unforced errors all of these self-inflicted wounds that byu was dealing with are just unnecessary and the question I think that we've come down to now is who's responsible for 10 men on the field? That's where we are with, with BYU football. Who's responsible? Three times, twice in about five minutes, BYU defense had 10 men on the field and had to burn timeouts that ultimately <coughs> cost BYU an opportunity of points late in the first half. Then you had Isaac Rex come onto the field late for a field goal attempt. So they had to take a delay of game penalty. Guess what? Because it's BYU, they missed the field goal. Three times in the first half, you had 10 men on the field. Too bad. Whose fault is that? Because I'm here to tell you, at week six, it's not the coach's fault. That's the player's fault. Are you telling me that an experienced veteran BYU football player like Isaac Rex doesn't know that he's on the field goal team? Yeah, he does. Are you telling me that here we are at the Notre Dame game in in early October and you don't know your assignment on defense, so you're not on the field? Yeah, you do. That's not on the coaches. At some point, BYU fans and and the media in this town have to hold BYU players accountable. And I'm not telling you, go after Isaac Rex. What I'm telling you is – understand that he's a professional athlete and professional athletes have to perform mentally. It's the expectation. Now it's not good enough that you can run faster or jump higher than the guy across from you. You're going to win that battle mentally. And BYU is losing games mentally. It is that simple. These slow starts have to be attributed. I think significantly to play calling from, from A-Rod. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Aaron Roderick's got to do a better job calling plays. Where is A-Rod right now? But what was Jaron Hall doing on that first throw? Is that throw A-Rod's fault? Is that throw Kalani's fault? No, that throw is Jaron Hall's fault. He has to execute. And whether he... Because what happened is Jaron went to throw the ball and it went straight up in the air. This was this was not a lame duck. That was a dead duck. Yeah, And it was easily intercepted by Notre Dame. That tells me there was hesitation. That tells me there was indecision. That's on Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall's got to be decisive as a quarterback, and he was not, Jake, and I think these are self-inflicted wounds that are leading to bad losses for BYU. Yeah,
1: they should be a one-loss team right now. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they should be undefeated because, frankly, they didn't show up uh, for the Oregon game. You got, you got dominated in that game. That game wasn't close. You weren't prepared to play. So that one I'm okay. Let's even just scratch that one and put that one on the coaches. Okay, fine. This one though, to me, I agree with you. I think it is on the players. I think that, you know, y- you have to have leadership in your room, in your locker room or or wherever in sports. You know, you as as much as everyone wants to joke about what happened in the Warriors situation with Draymond, the leadership in that room is going to carry them through that situation, and they're going to look back on that probably and laugh about it at some point this season. And so my point with that is that for Jaron and the rest of these these guys, you have to be better as leaders, man. And, and, and again, I, I don't want this to come off as we're just trying to tear these guys down because we're not. But the fact is, in my opinion, and I know this is philosophically something we disagree on, BYU is a good enough football team to have won that football game. They could have won that football game. They didn't win that football game because they didn't execute. So to me, it's like, yeah, it is disappointing. Yeah, it is a letdown. Yeah, it does suck. But what are we supposed to do? What is BYU supposed to do? They're supposed to move on now and be focused on Arkansas. And I got news for you. If you lose to Arkansas, the fan base is going to be pretty uninterested in this team the rest of the way. And so for me, I just... I I think you have a lot on the line in the Arkansas game, man. Not just from a, hey, what bowl game are you going to or whatever, but just for the the sake of this season. I mean, you have guys in this program, and this is something you've been saying for like most of the summer. You have seniors on this team who are not NFL caliber players who are never going to play football again, and this is the type of season that that they have to go through. And largely to, to
0: no fault of their own. I, I think when you look forward and you, you, in my opinion, you're looking at, you've been looking at Notre Dame and Arkansas for months now. And you've been looking at, uh, you know, you look at the Big 12 coming up next season, like Harris Lachance or, you know, any of these juniors and seniors, there's a real good chance they're never playing, um, you know, in a game of consequence in the Big 12. that, that They're just not going to be here. And the tough part is when when you look at guys like Pini Katoa, they deserve better. Yeah. And sputtering down the stretch and losing games to Notre Dame that you should have won is frustrating because I don't I don't I don't believe that you should have won or you deserve to win. You either won or you lost. You should have performed better in this game. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And there's a lot of positives. I mean, Puka Nakua looks like he's running well again you didn't get him the football. Christopher Brooks looks like he is finally understanding and in full control of the offense. This was by far Chris Brooks's best game as a BYU Cougar. But it doesn't excuse the fact that this team continues to beat itself. Yeah. That is the frustrating reality of BYU football. They are a they are no longer this team. That is too talented to be playing this way. That's not who they are. They're a team that is is making mental mistakes week in and week out for a month straight. Yeah, this is no longer a week or two. Oregon, Wyoming, Utah State, and Notre Dame. That Notre Dame. That's four games. That's a month time where you are making mental mistakes that are killing you. That's who you've become. That's no longer just a you know a, a trend. This is who you are now. Yeah. And so now you got to double down because you can sit here and, and say whatever you want about the the Razorbacks. They're coming for that ass in, in Provo on Saturday. Yeah. They are, plain and simple. On ESPN at 1 30 in the afternoon, 3 30 Eastern, it's a primetime game on ESPN. Who do you want people to believe that you are? What do you want people to know about you? Let's write that script on Saturday. Let's forget about Oregon. Let's forget about Notre Dame. Let's start telling people who we are and announce our presence with authority against Arkansas. Prove that you're not that team that I say you are. Prove that. Because you can right all the wrongs against Arkansas. That's a good SEC opponent. Yes, it is. Anyway. Yes, it is. There endeth the lesson.
1: It is frustrating.
0: It is very frustrating. Yeah, To watch this team perform like that is just it's it's nonsensical in my opinion it's
1: the worst thing in sports in my opinion when you see a team who you know has the talent to be at a certain level but doesn't have the execution it's one of the most frustrating things to watch in sports like look at the lakers all this talent can't get the job done look at any other team around look at the utah jazz before all the trades and this transformation when it was rudy and don in that roster Why was it so frustrating to watch them? Because you knew, okay, this team has a formula to win, and when that formula doesn't work, they don't work, right? And we, a lot of people felt like they could be a championship contender. BYU is the same thing in this state, right, where you have all this talent and these guys who clearly can get the job done and clearly are capable of beating Notre Dame and come up way short because you decided not to execute and forget which team you were on for field goals and throw interceptions and, you know, not get the ball to Puka somehow, some way, which I do put on, on Roderick because that's a scheme thing. To
0: Schemers. Me, yeah,
1: that's what that is. So to me, yeah, I, it, that's why it's so frustrating because I know that PYU is capable of beating Notre Dame. How
0: Day. does Puka Nakua not really – how is he not involved in the offense in the first half? And I think it, it – it, This is an excuse. Warning. Excuse. Excuse Excuse warning. Excuse incoming. Yeah. Are you telling me he drops that pass if he had had three catches in the first half? And he's engaged in the offense? Does he drop that? Does he drop that pass in the fourth quarter? No. I think there's a pretty good chance he doesn't, right? Boyd Lake says, "Uh, Hall's interception wasn't nerves. Shouldn't have thrown it, but wasn't nerves. A-Rod seems to have forgotten about the easy short passing game. Well, when you're as explosive as they are... I think your tendency is to try to be explosive. But I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with Braden Cosper underneath. There's nothing wrong with Isaac Rex underneath. But what they
1: tend to do is they get happy with the underneath stuff. That's the problem with – you guys want to complain about Roderick? The issue is is he gets too happy just when it's third and eighth thrown behind the line of scrimmage.
0: Well, and it would be nice to see – It would be nice to see more tight end utilization. Like, it'd be nice to see Isaac Rex in the middle of the field. Um, I, I, you know, throw the ball to the back more. Use, you know, and it obviously it hurts not having Miles Davis because he is a very good catcher of the football. But I mean, throw the ball to to Chris Brooks. He's shown he can catch the ball. Just, yeah. I has I'm hesitant to to say hey, the play calling has a lot to do with why they lost because I don't necessarily believe that. But in totality when we look back on this game are you are you going to go back over the call sheet and say yeah man it didn't miss a beat there didn't miss a beat there like you know I I just You know I I don't know man I I think it's one of those things where everybody's got an issue. Yep. Everybody's got an issue and yep. I just don't
1: know There's too many issues sprinkled throughout the the game day execution for them to win right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that could very much be the case. And yeah. it'll it'll be very interesting to see exactly how you make that happen. I, I I think when you look at the play calling, there are certainly issues there. I don't think there's 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 any doubt about that. Uh, Mike Morris says, a good thing is BYU can really uh, be good if they clean it up. They can be. I don't disagree with that. But you're
1: running out of time. I mean, again, not to be ultra negative here, but after Arkansas, you don't
0: have much left. That's the problem. Uh, no, I would agree with that. I I think I think certainly when you look at you look at BYU's schedule. I mean, I mean you have Stanford done the season, Liberty, but... East Carolina, at Boise, Utah Tech, and then at Stanford, who's I think zero four in the conference. Yeah, I but, mean you
1: just don't have a lot left after this.
0: Yeah, I I think it is. It's it. We'll see. It'll go interesting. to a bowl I game.
1: Mean, like it'll be fine. But it's just that whole thing of like, yeah, you know, like. Man, we didn't get to experience what we thought we would.
0: No, I would agree with that. Uh, Josh Levern says, you guys said it had come down to stopping the run. They allowed two Irish running backs to have nearly 100-yard days. I wow. think most of Estime's damage came on that one carry in the second half. They battered BYU up front. I mean, they, they ran and ran and ran. And and again, not to keep telling you what I told you would happen. I mean, you had to know that Estime was going to do the damage. You had to know, like, I mean – Again, Logan Diggs is a guy that that I mean, Logan Diggs did far more damage than Audrick Estimate did. That's right. I dude. mean Logan Diggs, you know, when I look at when I look at his numbers, um, you know, you look at the fact he had seventy carries and ninety three yards, uh, but again the star of this game was Drew Pine. I mean, I I mean poor Cupan. Uh you look at Drew Pine. The way he yeah. used Michael Mayer, the way he, you know, I, I thought Lorenzo Styles didn't have a didn't have a huge game three for thirty nine, but that pass over the middle to Lorenzo Styles was a backbreaker on third yes. down. Yes, Um, You know, I I look at that. I look at I look at the fact that that Jaden Thomas, who is another guy that is six one, 215 pounds, um, I I and a a freshman at that. I thought that that Jaden Thomas was a real difference maker for for Notre Dame. But none of that happens without Drew Pine. And I thought what was so interesting is, and it may have even been Tanner, I can't remember who was calling Drew Pine mediocre. I don't know what Drew Pine you're talking about is mediocre. Yeah, Drew Pine was not mediocre on Saturday night. Thanks. This was not a surprise. I think we told you pretty much point for point what was going to happen here. If I know what Notre Dame's going to do, are you telling me that Kalani doesn't know what they're going to do?
1: Well, and sometimes I feel like maybe... You know this coaching staff overcomplicates things. Maybe that could be what the issue is. You know when you think about the play calling or the defensive schemes or whatever the case may be, any of these issues we've gone over today, a lot of this stuff is just simplifying. Hey, Audric Estime is talking a bunch of junk before this game. You know that they're a run heavy team. Yeah. Load the box. Make them make Drew Pine show you that he can he can get it to Mayor when you're playing man coverage across the board. But again, that's the problem. BYU and Tuiaki like to play zone. That's the problem. And that's why tight ends eat against BYU because yeah. they thrive in zone coverage.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it certainly uh, by no estimation a, you know what, there's no such thing as good law. Uh, there just isn't. No. Uh, Mike P says, our Kansas took Bama to the limit. They will massacre BYU if the Cougars aren't 100%. Well, I mean, you're you're not going to be hundred percent, and I think when you look at our Kansas, um well, I think what he's saying there is I like actually with... like our Kansas instead of Arkansas, but anyway, yeah. yes, go ahead, tell what, me what, what he's saying. Yeah, please. it's the mental mistakes.
1: Yeah, no, no football team right now is hundred percent healthy, but the mental mistakes you can't have those against an SEC team.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I look at um, their last three losses in a row to A and Alabama. They, well, I mean they Alabama beat them forty nine twenty six. I don't, I wouldn't. Call that taking it to the limit. I mean, I think you look at you look at their performance. I, I ass kicking by Mississippi State too, and Mississippi State isn't exactly you know slice bread, but I I mean you you look at they're injured as well. I mean yeah, uh, Arkansas is just not playing good football because I mean you're missing your you're missing your starting quarterback. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. KJ Jefferson is out. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see what that looks like, but. I mean, I think BYU should should win this game, but one of the things that really stands out to you about Notre Dame they they did out athlete BYU. Uh, I mean, defensively, Notre Dame has better has better athletes than BYU does. I think offensively BYU was even. I just think that defense at Notre Dame. And again I hate to say it but I mean they that's who we thought they were. I mean yeah. look at what they did we specifically talked about what they did against Ohio State. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. I mean I I thought they played really well. And I that but this is why I say I think also this is why uh, I was impressed with BYU's offensive line. When when you have when you have the caliber of a You have that offensive line that can play I just don't understand the offensive line rotation.
2: Yeah. I mean it's you have
0: you have Harris LeChance and Kingsley Suamatai on the right, who are actually really effective. They're turning their guys well. I, it, it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it, it just does not make a lot of sense. The the outcome of this game, it, it does not. Talking BYU football on the Monty Show as they lose to uh, Notre Dame. And, you know, certainly some of those guys are, are on BYU's team are going to be looking for a gig after this season. They should probably go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty so they can make some money. See what I did there? <laughs> oh, uh, I did, yes. Have you ever thought about trying slash Monty? Uh, trydaytrading.com is legit. It's, again, another local business. Ryan and the guys at Triday Trading um, are in Lehigh, uh they've been in business for over a decade and day trading is absolutely a way for you to make the money that you and your family deserve because i know you've thought about it we've all thought about it how can i make more money how can i more easily pay my bill what it ask yourself this what is christmas going to look like this year we're we're coming into the holiday season already what is christmas going to look like this year if you're wondering how you're going to pay for christmas get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. If you're wondering how you're going to pay the light bill, if you're wondering how you're going to afford gas, get to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Stop playing this game with yourself where you're like, oh, it'll work out. Everything will be fine. A break's going to happen. Breaks don't just happen. You make your breaks in life. Make a break. Stop, you know, stop getting on this hamster wheel where you're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sell candy bars, I'm going to do Amazon FBA, I'm going to do all this stuff that never turns into anything, and get off that side hustle hamster wheel at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. The way the program at Triday Trading works is you make real money day trading on the stock market with tridaytrading.com's money. See, your first trades are not out of your pocket, they're with tridaytrading.com's money. That's the best part. And if you make money with their money, they're going to split the profit 50-50. You have no risk. So here's all I'm asking you to do. Stop dreaming about what could be. Stop thinking about what could be. Stop having those late night, sleepless night things because you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay your bills. Just go watch a free webinar. What do you have to lose? You're already stressed about money. What do you have to lose? You're already stressed because that last side hustle didn't work. What do you have to lose? Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Get there, watch the free webinar, and then make a decision. You want to go on and you want to change your life? Great. Get into it with the guys at Tridaytrading.com. If it's not for you, cool, walk away. But I'm telling you, there are people today who are Triday Trading alums. They're making thousands of dollars today right now, day trading. That should be your money. You should be making that six-figure income you deserve at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Let's get your comments in here on BYU. Five minutes away from you talk here on the show. I see all the Tuiyaki comments. Do I do it? Do I get into the Tuiyaki comments? Listen,
1: before we get into any of these comments, you know, again, every week we do this, and I want to point that out. Notice that every Monday – we have some ridiculous conversation about how Tuiyaki needs to be fired. Fire Tuiyaki. And like, you know, Arod's play calling sucks. And like, you know, we do this every week. And I'm not even sitting here saying that it's unjustified some weeks. But this week, I didn't really, you know, like, yes, sure, we can talk about the defensive scheme. I think it's unjustified to be like, hey, fire the guy. Because I don't necessarily think – It's a fire the guy situation. Are there things that need to be changed? Yes, yes, yes. There are, are, in my opinion, uh, BYU overcomplicates some things that they really don't need to. Like, as an example of this, that Tuiaki controls, something that he has a hand on, don't play zone dime when you know the other team has a dominant tight end. Yeah. Because all that's going to do... Is provide windows for him to be open, like he had going into the end zone.
0: Put a guy on him. Yeah, and I think they did that. I, they put Micah Harper on him, and I thought that worked out really well. I, I mean, and when and, they do
1: it, it works.
0: And I think Ben Bywater did very well covering Michael Mayer. I just you can't allow that to happen. So is Tuiaki got some responsibility? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think their defense is the reason they lost this game. It's not. And and we can sit here and go over and over it. Tuiaki's not the reason they lost this game. Alex Chacon, I don't think it's Tuiyaki's defense. I think it's execution by the players. I think there's no doubt now, about I, that.
1: And, I, and to that comment, I do agree. But, Alex, I'd be curious to know why you think that. Because, again, that to me is what's important. Why do we think it's the players, not the coaches?
0: Yeah. Snuka says, uh, where the hell is Utah Tech? It's the old Dixie State. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, Boise, Liberty, and East Carolina can all beat BYU. Yes, they can. Tanner Plummer says Estimate backed up his smack talk. Good for him. He did. Mm-hmm. He had a huge game. That's right. T. Uh Boyd Lake and Tuayaki's defense makes mediocre quarterbacks look all world. Maybe. Hey. Maybe. I can get
1: down with that. I mean, I can I can get Maybe. down with that. I think that I agree with the concept. They made Notre Dame's offense look better than it was. But again, that's that to me is you know, Tuayaki has a good share of that because you're playing Dime in the wrong situations and you're playing even nickel in the wrong situations. Like To me, I just don't understand why it's such a foreign concept to play man coverage and load the box until they prove they can beat you in that setup. I don't know why that's such a foreign thing.
0: Boyd Lake says, of course, Pine had like 10 seconds to find receivers. And the funny thing is, I actually thought he got hit pretty regularly. I thought Tyler Batty had his his best game of the year. For a guy that's been battling injuries to be in the backfield as consistently as they were, the thing I'd like to see more is I'd like to see more blitzing. I would you you have a secondary that's that's caused turnovers hey my guy maximus maximus mhm again showing up maximus max Tuley, another interception and it's and it is opportunistic defense but that opportunity only happens when you make the quarterback move his feet i'd like to see more blitzing you have got athletes who can get home let them get home why are, and again I think we only saw it a handful of times that I can recall, but this rush three drop eight thing doesn't work against Michael Mayer, because he's gonna out athlete you, 100%, right? I mean, that, 100%. that 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 to me, I wanna I'd like to see more aggression on defense. I'd like to see more blitzing. Alex Shacone says random, but did you guys see the video of Brian Robinson from the commanders running out to many men? Yeah, that was cool. Brian Robinson got shot in a robbery attempt. You'll remember a few about a month ago. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, what's up, my guy? He says, yep, any QB has that much time will eventually find somebody. And when you have the weapons that they have, and this is the thing about Notre Dame, they can be, and this goes back to the Marshall comment. Well, they lost to Marshall. We're going to kick their ass. No, you're not. This is a team that has a new coach that has a bunch of young players that's getting better every week. And they're they always have more athletes than you have. They have as many athletes as USC has. Mm -hmm. They're Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. They're massive up front. They always have pass rushing ends. They always have big tackles and guards. You're not going to out-athlete Notre Dame. Uh, Very rarely are you going to out-athlete them. And I'm telling you, guys like Drew Pine are getting better every single week. You, you, You just... This arrogance of BYU fans, oh, well, they lost to Marshall in 1964. We're going to kick their ass. Yeah. What does the Marshall loss have to do with anything that happened Saturday night? Anything. What the fuck are you talking about? What does that have to do with zoning up against Michael Mayer? Yeah. What is that? Nothing. And the frustrating part is all of this nonsense in the first half, the three 10-men penalties, the slow start, the poor execution... You didn't see that in the second half, right? You didn't see 10 men in the second half. You didn't see zone against Michael Mayer in the second half. And what happened? BYU got right back into the game. If you come out of the box with enthusiasm, if you come out of the box and man on Michael Mayer, he probably doesn't set a Notre Dame record against you, which he did, by the way. He broke Tyler Eifert's all-time tight end record at Notre Dame. guys. Hey, guys. That'll always be in the Shamrock series against BYU in Las Vegas. I remember where I was for that. That's what that's going to be.
1: Yeah, I feel like they come out and they, they're they like, all right, we're just going to feel this game out a little bit. We're going to do what we always do, feel it out, see how they attack us. And then in the second half, we'll make a bunch of adjustments instead of dictating to the opponent.
0: Uh, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, yeah, I was calling Pine mediocre, but I looked at his stats and clearly he's not. Saturday proved that. You're welcome.
1: What I
0: just said, way to be humble, Tanner. Uh, Alex Chacon says, I don't think it's Tuiaki's defense. I think I read that one. Uh, all trust says, maybe this team is what their record indicates. Could be absolutely, could be. There's, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Jeremy Pagan says, We UCLA and Utah both beat USC and meet in meeting the Pac 12 championship. Let's go. Well, that could be, yeah. That could be. Let's switch gears and uh, talk about the Utah Utes as part of our biggest stories in sports. Presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you find them all over the valley here in Salt Lake City, Utah County. If you're one of our many Phoenix listeners, you've got Quick Quacks in Arizona as well. It's just a game changer for car washes, folks. Yes, it's actually fun. Bring your kids to the car wash. It's not scary going through the tunnel. They've got all kinds of cool lights and soaps and colors, and the people are really friendly. That's why I chose Quick Quack. That's why they're on the show. The great local owners of Quick Quack Car Washes here in Utah do a really good job of hiring. Their people want to be there. It's a good mm-hmm. place to work. Get your car spot-checked and stuff. Yeah. I actually really like the membership because I get my – I'm I'm an Audi guy. I drive German. Mm-hmm. I get my car washed like once a week at least. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a membership at Quick Quack Yeah, that's Quack why you got to have, have a membership. Yeah, so you can go whenever sure. you want. Uh, Utah looked bad. Let's talk about bad losses. The UCLA loss was a really bad loss. They lose 42 32. UCLA puts up 502 yards on Utah's defense. And my question is why do we not talk about Morgan Scalley the way we talk about Tuiaki? That's the question I think, I think I
1: have. it's a phenomenal question. I mean, I. I, I don't know where the Utah run defense was, but it was not alive and well. Uh, there it was not alive and like, well. It no, it was not. No, present. it was not. And I feel like, I feel like you know Charbonnet getting going early in the game, then leads to DTR getting some easy completion wait, wait, opportunities.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. Here we go. I want my respect. I want you to put respect on DTR's name. You have for the, the, the 12 years that he has been a redshirt senior at UCLA. You have, this is corny stuff. It feels like 12 years. You have never been a DTR guy, mm-hmm. and I have told you time and again. Now, he's no Josh Rosen. Right. Dorian Thompson Robinson has earned your respect. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I said last hour he has, and I'll say it again. I undervalued him. I mean, he's developed.
0: You know, man, you were totally right. DTR, as much as he sucked for a decade at UCLA as a Bruin, you're right. He was unbelievable against Utah. He is, in my opinion, emerging, and they're going to have to keep winning games. He is a dark horse Heisman candidate. If they end up winning the Pac-12, Tell me he's not in New York in, in December. Has to be.
1: I mean, he, ha- he has, has to be. be. And I think that – I I think it will be interesting to see, you know, how UCLA season continues because I, I, I can say with pretty good confidence his game is not going to change. I mean, you're going to continue to get performances like that out of him. But, you know, that doesn't always translate to wins if your defense doesn't show up. And for me, on Chip Kelly teams, that typically is the shortcoming, is the defense. So, yeah. I do think DTR has come a long way. I do think that he has progressed. I do think his ball placement on Saturday was phenomenal. There were several over the middle of the field throws where Utah's got a, a body on the on the receiver and two, guy, two additional guys in the vicinity, and he's still completing that because of the timing and the ball placement. And I think when I look at quarterbacks, even at the NFL level, the first thing I want to know is can you put the ball wherever you need to put it? when you want to put it there, you know, to put your guy in the best position to catch a football. So yeah, I think DTR can do that. Yeah. I know we've known for a while that yes, he can beat you with his legs. So my point is, yeah, he is a special talent that said, is he going to be in New York? They need to be a one loss team, you know, in double digit wins. That's what you have to be to be there. Yeah. That cam rising fumble
0: on what fourth and one demoralizing. Demoralizing.
1: Completely demoralizing. Game it, ending. Damn. See you
0: later. Go home. Like it and it absolutely was. And it it I think it was set up by an interesting turn of events. I, I I'm a Tavion, I'm a Tavion Thomas guy. And I like Micah Bernard and I think he's got real value. I give the ball to give the ball to Tavion Thomas more. Give, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I just in my mind, and this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I need more Tavion Thomas. And I think he was fully back and engaged. I think he ran the ball really well. And I, I am not a guy that loves your quarterback running, especially especially in key situations. Yeah. Turn around and hand the ball off on fourth and one. I just I hate I hate the fumble. And I I I I look at this defense and I don't know what you say. I mean I thought you did a really good job of limiting Jake Bobo in open spaces. He dominated in the red zone, obviously, with multiple touchdowns. Um, Zach Charbonnet got anything he wanted on this defense. Yeah. And I just don't know how you explain this kind of performance because that's not who Utah is. I mean, obviously, defensively, Utah is, I still think, the best defense in in the Pac-12. But – I don't know how you explain the the absolute lack of performance against DTR and UCLA. I mean, it is I mean, some of this is Dorian Thompson-Robinson's a hell of a football player. Yeah. But let's be honest. Utah was terrible defensively. Yeah, I mean, I think I when mean, you
1: look at the numbers, the the numbers that scare you are the rushing yards. The numbers that scare you are the total offensive number because DTR had a nice day passing, absolutely. But when I look at a defensive performance against one of the best offenses in college football right now, we knew that that the Utes were going to give up yards. I mean, that's just not in question. But the, the question is, okay, to what end? Are we talking 300 yards, 400 yards, not 502 yards? Man, that's not – like I, on a Kyle Whittingham-led team, defense is his calling card. So to me – yeah, it just was disappointing. And, and I think that whether, you know, like cams run game that, that, that topic, it's great when he's got, got you touchdowns with it, you know, but you can't turn the football over. It, it, it just is what it is. And I agree with you. You can't get like, whether you're too Iaki or you're Morgan Scali, you can't get to, to, you know, cam rising, running the football happy, or to drop eight rush three play dime against a, a dominant tight end and a dominant, running back in Notre Dame happy. You can't do that. You have to be disciplined to football fundamentals in the given
0: situation. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says it's because DTR is 22, and we know from anyone who plays against BYU, apparently age makes you a better team. Well, bet you weren't expecting this Yeah. One. How about Notre Dame being like, well, all your guys are like 34 years old. I mean, you know, that's very true. Uh, Boyd Lake says Scally's defense hasn't shown the, uh, the weakness as a pattern over time yet. Tuiaki's problem can be predicted and schemed against year after year. Okay, that's real. Uh, Kendall says serious doubt Utah can beat Oregon. Offense is so-so and defense can't stop a legitimate runner or passing game. Well, I will say, though, it was nice to see Money Parks have some real big moments in that game. Because um, you're going to – I mean, Solomon Enos didn't play – uh, which I felt like was a loss. Obviously, Brant Keithy being out, a big loss for them. Dalton Kid K can only do so much. I mean, Devon Vele, I think, is emerging. I wouldn't say he's broken through as a big play-wide receiver. They need a third weapon. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're not going to consistently use Tavion, because um, I would give him the ball as much as you can, I don't want Cam Rising running as much as he's been running. I just don't. Um, but I, I think they they need another weapon. And I I you know what? I really hope that Uh, I don't know that you're wrong about the offense being so-so.
1: Well, Uh, I I, I don't know. It is. I mean, but the fact is you have the guys you have to work with. You got to create a scheme that is successful.
0: Yeah. You know, Sam J says, "Uh, Monty, it's not your fault, Utah lost. It's your partner's fault for cursing us. Then DTR's mom got a hold of your prediction. And now look, this is your fault, youngin. Yeah, whatever, man. Jeremy Pagan says he has grown so much. Look at the U- UW game, too. He's legit. How did ASU beat Washington, by the way?
1: Yeah, Oh, Washington's great. Yeah, my ass.
0: How overvalued was Washington? Yeah. Just like, what, three weeks ago or something? Yeah. Good Lord. Frankie H says this has been uh, going on for years. Utah wins games they should win. However, when they play a ranked team outside of Oregon, they fold, lose, choke. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, that feels harsh. I mean, Frank, you could absolutely be right, but that feels harsh. That that feels hard. Uh, M. Morris says, Utes got manhandled. They did stunning. Stunningly, they got manhandled. Uh, Utah's rare 10-win season really overinflates Ute fans' egos. Well, I mean, they're very good. I mean, Utah's, Utah's still very – everything they want is right here in front of them. I mean, you, you are – I would remind you, again, Football 50, by the way, coming up in five minutes, thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza, but I would remind you. Look at that number on the screen right there. Mm-hmm. Utah's a three and a half point home favorite against USC. Mm-hmm. And look at the time of the game, six o'clock on Fox. Another prime time West Coast game mm-hmm. for the Utah Utes. I mean, that's not an accident. This week they were prime time in the afternoon. This you know now coming up this next week they're going to be prime time at night. Mm-hmm. That is by the way eight Eastern on Fox Utah and USC. I mean. They're gonna get opportunities to redeem themselves. They are. Eric and Rowley says take USC on the money line. You have to. You have to. You know. Uh, let's see. Lobo fifty says Pac twelve isn't dead. Well, as a conference, they're dead. Yeah. On the field, they're not. But once UCLA and USC are gone, they're dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, how good is the Pac twelve right now? I, I. It is shocking that ASU won that game. It is, it is shocking.
1: Listen, the Pac-12, it's the same as it's ever been. It really helps that UCLA is better right now because now you've got a fourth team that can kind of contend and make the conference interesting. But I'm not going to sit here and give Arizona or ASU or Colorado or Stanford or Washington State any sort of you know, credit that makes this conference something special. This is a four-team conference, and and it has been for how long?
0: Well, the disappointing team this year is Oregon State. I mean, their defense should be much better, but they're giving up a buttload of points. But, I mean, you, you look at the standings. I mean, I, I I don't know. Who's the best team in the Pac-12? Because if, if, if you're asking me today, yeah, I don't know how you look at the way Bo Nix is running the ball and you don't say Oregon. I mean, Oregon has to be there. Obviously, SC is still undefeated, but I mean, you saw you you've you've seen some weaknesses out of them, certainly defensively. I mean, I I look at USC; their schedule has been soft, and so I think their defensive numbers look better than they are. I mean, with Rice, Stanford, Fresno, Oregon State, Arizona State, and Washington State, it feels like they they've had a pretty soft schedule. But let's be honest; they've they've got Utah this week. UCLA uh, and Notre Dame in November, their schedule's pretty soft.
1: Yeah, I mean, who's playing the best football right now? UCLA is playing the best football. I mean, there's oh, there's no I don't way know. around it. I that. mean, I
0: I, I uh, did you see what Bo Nix
1: did? Yeah, but he was that was at home, right? No, this
0: past weekend they were at Arizona. Oh, they were at Arizona. Yeah, Bo I mean, Nix in Tucson's yeah, no, but. but But see, we keep saying that. Yeah. It's Jaden Delora in Arizona. They're not garbage. They are, No, they're not. They're not in the same league. They're three and three. They're not in the same league, man. Oregon and Arizona are both in the Pac-12, Jake. What do you mean they're not?
3: Stop
1: giving Arizona credit. They are not a good football program, Well, they beat
0: San Diego State, North Dakota State, and Colorado. I mean, those are three quality – I'll stop. The point is, I don't disagree with you that Arizona is rebuilding – again – um, but you look at Bo Nix, two sixty-five through the air. Homie ran for seventy yards and three scores. They ran for seven touchdowns. Yeah, I don't care if you're playing like the Boy Scouts of Jamaica or something. There, I mean, yeah, the Boy Scouts of Jamaica are not giving up. With all due respect, you know, Oregon's a force. And yeah. I think the other thing that really stands out to me. Is I look at their their numbers defensively, and they get after the quarterback. I mean, you, you, the, I don't know, man. I think Oregon's the best team in the conference. I I I, I am excited to see USC up close and personal. Mm-hmm. But I I if you're asking me right now, I think I am picking uh, Oregon as the best team in the conference. I, I uh, more bots here we go. More bots <laughs> in the chat. Here more we go. more bots in the chat. You know, I just can't. Dadgummit. Yeah. Anyways, there I blocked him. And I've reported them for pornography or sexually explicit material, which sorry, we do not tolerate on this platform, sir. Yeah. That's uh, right, team. You know. You tell him. Yeah. USC finally plays someone decent. That's true, And Morris, Morris. Absolutely true. You know, like I, I think Alex Chacon says Oregon absolutely. Uh, Ruff's official says the Utes scored 32 points against an undefeated UCLA at the Rose Bowl. That's not the same as scoring twenty points against Notre Dame in Vegas. What do you mean by that? What is your What's your point? Yeah, that's I don't really understand what your point is. I mean, I I think yeah, we'll see. Uh, Jeremy says it's football, bro. Any given day, don't be scared. UCLA, Utah, Pac twelve championship. FUSC. <laughs> my guy, uh, is a Notre Dame fan. FUSC. <laughs> One of my good friends, the good uh, Chad Hagobalobian. Right. Um, we know many USC alums. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, like it oh, fine on. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Coming to Salt Lake City, man. We'll see what you got. Salt Lake City. It's like, I'm sorry, you're coming to Big Sac Lake City now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what you Ain't got, no kidding, man. I mean, they're loaded offensively. Yeah, they are with Die in the backfield. I mean, and Caleb Williams is just a hell of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they have real holes defensively, and we'll see. I mean. Are their numbers accurate? They played a soft schedule. I mean, I think they've given up less than 120 points at this juncture. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll see. We shall see. I don't. I don't know the answer. The answer to that. Right now, today, I'm taking Oregon as the best team in the um, in the Pac-12. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it is. It is unconscionable. Yeah to take anybody but Oregon or to get any other pizza than Papa Murphy's because you know they present football at 50. 10 to the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Very well uh, done. AP top 25. Yeah. Now, as you are aware, BYU is out of the top 25. Neat. Utah plummeted to number 20. But Alabama's third? Okay, so the soccer Ow. the soccer writers that get together every week to vote on the football <laughs> standings um at the AP. How do you have Alabama third? Roll Ted. I mean, they are playing obviously. They are playing some not so great football, right? You're without Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy champion. You fight tooth and nail to beat Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Texas A and M, Texas, and you beat Texas A and M, and you fall. You're number. You're not number two. You're number three.
1: Yeah, I don't really understand this. I, 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 I mean, this
0: is this is a shocking, I know that shocking Ohio level of disrespect. State, I
1: know Ohio State beat Michigan State, but with all due respect, sir. Who have they played? Jesus. Who have they? Cheese and rice, please. Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State. So yeah. wait, let
0: me get this right. So Paul Chris fired at Wisconsin. You fired the offensive coordinator at Rutgers. You beat a bad Michigan State team, and and here we go with with Alabama. Roll Tide! They're playing without their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. They beat Texas A and M, Arkansas, Vandy. They win at Texas. I mean, they they mollywopped. Excuse me. Did you say mollywopped? Dismobulated Utah State fifty five to nothing. Are you telling me they're not the second best team in the country? I would agree, Georgia, 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 the Bulldogs, Kirby, the Kirby, Kirby, the Curbinator. I mean, they 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 love their curb stomping. <laughs> um, I would agree that you look at the records. I would put Georgia number one, but it's not like Georgia's beat anybody. Who has Georgia beaten? Oregon looks like a better and better win every oh, week, and right? Excuse me, Georgia's got Vanderbilt. Thank you. Dude, I'm telling you that one, there's no doubt about it in this humble individual's mind. Right. That the SEC is the best conference of college football. You look uh, at the Southeastern Conference. Man. You look at Georgia, Tennessee is still having an incredible year. Lane Kiffin and Old Miss, Alabama. I'm telling you that this is this is the 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 week we've all been waiting for with with Tennessee hosting. Alabama, oh, rocket top, rocket top. <laughs> I cannot wait for that game. Can we be any more obnoxious with our accents? If Alabama wins that game, are you going to put them back at number one? I mean, that's don't the biggest you have question. To? You have to. Like, you, if, if you beat Tennessee, and Tennessee's beating LSU, Florida, Pitt, all three of those are wins. You have to put Alabama back at number one. Now, I don't to, know. Dude. I don't know if... Uh, You know Bryce is going to play here or not. He's got this AC joint, shoulder, your mom kind of thing. But the guy is absolutely a stud. And if he plays, I would take Alabama to win. Now, having said that, Tennessee is a seven and a half point dog on Rocky Top. How are you a seven and a half point dog? You're more than a touchdown dog at home.
1: So wait, let me get this right. Alabama's not, you know, they're not top two. But Tennessee's a 7.5-point dog at home. Hey, Ow. man.
0: Neyland's going to be checkered. You know it. Neyland Stadium in Tennessee. 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 That game's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. But go ahead and make me the argument the SEC's not the best team in the country. Or the best conference in the country. Come on, now. Uh, Alex Chacon says, The best joke of this show was Monty calling himself humble. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, am I not? Are you? What? What? Well, I
1: told you my guy DTR was going to show out, and he sure did.
0: All I'm saying is, wow. Wow, what happened well, there? How did you even do that? I don't know, but all yeah. I'm saying is, it <laughs> is what it is. It is if I it is if I say it is, which is what I say it is, so it is. Anyway, I am humble. What do you mean? And I'm good looking. Uh, Casey Finlinson says, did you see Prime pissing on coaches off? Yeah, how about Prime getting into Brad. it with Eddie Robinson Jr. at midfield? He's
1: always getting into it with Dude, somebody. but you know what the
0: problem is? He's also kicking your ass, and he's winning games. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy uh, Severe says, go Mike Leach in Mississippi State. They're good. Weird ass They're dude. good, but Mike Leach, he ain't that he normal dude. Weird. Josh Levern says, it's SC UCLA Utah, then Oregon. Get out of here. Yeah. Sorry, but Get out of here. That's a casual take. Oregon's, I think, am I the only one that thinks Oregon's the best team in the conference right now? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Jeremy uh, Pagan says UCLA, Utah, SC, and Oregon. Nobody likes Oregon. Utah beats SC next week and UCLA beats Oregon in two weeks. We'll find out. Josh says, I think Utah won't be able to stop SC's quarterback. Well, Caleb Williams is very good.
1: That quarterback.
0: Caleb Williams is very good uh, here on Football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. By the way, if you're 10 years old, I probably wouldn't be running onto the field in Tampa. Oh, my God. He got eviscerated. He got jacked. So, you know, two weeks ago, good old Bobby Wagner <laughs> did this to the guy trying to hey, save uh, pigs. Hey, nice pink smoke, bud. He, this guy literally is on the field. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, This guy's on the field trying to bring light to the plight of pigs. That's what he was protesting. Yeah, well, Bobby helped him see the light. Yeah, well, apparently, so this security guard helped bring this. Oh, my God. This 10-year-old kid runs on the field and gets shellacked by a security guard. Dude. Should the kid sue the security guard? Well, yeah, you should, Because you have no ground to stand on. That's what everybody says that he's going to do. He's 10 years old, and to that I say, who cares? They didn't check his ID before he ran on the field. Yeah, we're not
1: talking about drinking
0: beer. You run on the field, you're going to get this swooped. You just are. I don't
1: understand why this is such a difficult concept for people to understand. Nobody cares if you're 10 or 50. If you're running on that field as a fan, you're getting popped.
0: It is what it is. I'm telling you now um, that you cannot... I just don't think that you can run onto the field ever. Yeah. And whatever happens to you, you can't do it. You, you, I just, I don't know. That's just me. By the way, Huey Reed says that was targeting. Yeah, clearly. Uh, And uh, and Donut says, hey, man, don't bro me if you don't know me. Swag. No kidding. Giggity says, where's that kid's parents? Probably cheering him on in the stands. Could yeah. They're wrong. They're trying to get a payday. He's 10 years old running onto the field. Yeah. I mean, like, parents of the year, right? I mean, that's absolutely got to be what that is. How are you let that kid run on the field? I by have the way, no idea. By the way. By the way. Yeah. Did Tom Brady get a call? Uh, yeah. Did the best quarterback, football player, and arguably athlete ever get a call? Who's now single? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. That was not roughing the passer. And we'd love to play the highlight, but every time we do that, the NFL freaks out and, you know... Um, he deserves that call, but that was a horrendous call. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, to have the official after the game say that he was making the call on on the fact that the defender threw down Tom Brady unnecessarily, like, like you know, slinging him like that was too much, even though <laughs> against Tua, when Tua got that concussion, Tua. it was the same play, and they didn't call it. So Tua. to me, I just... You know, yeah, Tom
0: Brady got a call. It is what it is. Yeah, I think he did. And I don't have any problem with it. I'll be honest with you. I just don't think it matters. I mean, he's Tom Brady. He's going to get that call. Yeah. And the official Jerome Boger after the game said he made that call because he whipped Tom Brady around to the ground. It's it's a horrendous call. But I understand why he got that call. I I do. And I understand why you order your Jacko pizza. 911, what's your emergency?
3: Something is in my house i'm sorry say again i smell something delicious and i don't know what it is ma'am ma'am can you describe it for me it smells like golden crust freshly shredded cheese and pepperoni
1: ma'am ma'am we've traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven what do you mean it's a papa murphy's jacko pizza and it's just ten dollars
3: amazing papa murphy's
2: jacko
0: pizza Please don't put olives on pizza. Yeah, come on. Please. Come on. Please. We had uh, Papa Murphy's pizza. There were no olives on it. Nope. Uh, The Jacko pizza is amazing. Um, Papa Murphy's pizza is amazing. We threw it on the Traeger grill from our good friends at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, by the way, use the promo code MONTY25. MONTY25 to get 25% off your order of uh, $25 or more. Now, my, my friend Mike said. Mike. My friend Mike said that he never would have thought to smoke a pizza until he listened to our show. Hell, yeah. And now he says it's the only way he can cook pizza. It's game-changing. I'm telling you, though, use your smoker in the wintertime. There's so many people who are like, oh, dude, it's too cold out. Can't get, the, can't get them nips up. Got uh, to cook it in the house. No, you don't. No, There's you don't. There's a
1: technique. Now, listen to me. Perfect the technique. Listen to me. When your smoker's sitting outside your back door, Make sure during the winter when you we You don't get snow, light the house on fire. Yeah, don't light the house on fire. That's obvious. N- number one, don't light the house on fire. But number two, there's a technique to get to the smoker. Make sure when it's when you know you're going to get snow, salt the path to the smoker first so you don't have to shovel all the snow out of the way, number one. Then number two, take the cover off the smoker. So when it's snowing, the cover better be on the smoker. When you got the smoker hot, take the cover off. When get you, it going.
0: When you got the smoker hot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, Boyd, you're exactly right. The delicious smell is coming from the inside of her oven. She's totally casual. She should have a smoker. You're exactly right, 100%. 100%. That's not what he meant. Well, you know what? That's how I'm That's how I'm interpreting it.
0: Interpretations of yeah. the machinations about the smoker. I really the, don't care if you think it's sus. In her hot oven yeah. and stuff, you know. Uh, okay, here we go. Joseph Hecking says, what do you guys think about pineapple on pizza, sir? Yes, yes, yes. Now, Joseph, what the hecking are you talking about? First of all, about? is Joseph. Wait, new to the h- show? hello, Joseph. What the hecking are you talking oh, that's about? Oh,
1: see what he did? It's so that's his last hecking. name. And then he's working it into a question. And so
0: it all kind of works together and stuff. We put pineapple on pizza all the time. Yeah, because we're grown ass men and we have freedoms in this country. That's right. That men have died to protect our rights to put pineapple on pizza, sir. Excuse so me. No one's going to disrespect me. You should you absolutely you can do that. I'm not afraid to die. No. You know, <laughs> Kurt Meyer says when you have an AARP card, you get the call. OK, truth is. <laughs> OK, you should be able to play fair use. I don't know what that means, Quinn. He's talking about the NFL videos, I think. Well, we should, but you can't. Yeah, copyright infringement. YouTube doesn't like it. I would like to. Tom Brady really and Aaron Rodgers are the most protected uh, in the NFL crybabies. They probably are. I mean, yeah, you know um joseph hecking says uh you guys are worth uh worthy of my subscription oh well thank you. appreciate that by the <laughs> way if you're here right now if you're here right now um all 110 of you 114 of you we only have 18 likes it's hit the like button please it's embarrassing it's a
1: like let me here let me do the let me do the obnoxious youtube ass hit the like button and please turn on the notification bell so you get all notifications from our channel
0: yeah, if you guys could give us a thumbs up and a like, that really helps the channel grow. It hey makes guys. a huge difference for us. Uh we are trying to get to ten thousand subs. 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 Subservience yeah. is yeah. what that means. Um by the end of the year. Uh we are currently at seventy five thirty five. Oh, that's a nice pickup today. So yeah. we'll take that. Yeah, would love to get would love to get to uh, you know, ten thousand by the end of twenty twenty two. Help us do that. Um Let's see. Okay, so now we're going to have a pizza discussion, of course, because we always do. Right. Uh, Alex Chacon says uh, pineapple and ham is a goatee combo. It is. Goated combo, he says. Yeah. Uh, Pineapple on pizza rocks, just no green peppers. Thank you. Mrs. Motzi's not here today, so you can say such (laughs) egregious things. You know. Uh, Boyd Lake says grilled pineapple is amazing. Yes, Yes, dude. Okay, Les, what are we doing? (laughs) Les. Pineapple and olives. Boo. Stop it! Pineapple, guy. yes. Satan's giblets. Guy, come on. No, come on, guy. You know it's so funny. We we, we this show kind of dominates our life. So we were at uh, Costco the other day, and there was an olive tree for sale. And my wife's like, "Oh, you want Satan's giblets growing in the yard?" No, no, no. We like this show dominates our life. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that. You know. Um. You know, where do we even go here? Uh, Pineapple and buffalo sauce, Jacob DeLambo says. Actually, pineapple and buffalo sauce is not half bad. I don't disagree with that at all. It's like the sweet but the hot, you
1: know, type thing.
0: You know, I don't disagree with that at all. I totally agree with that. Monty in the morning is presented by our good friends at the Utah Advocates. (laughs) Wow, wow. Uh, If if you've been in Iraq, (laughs) if you have been in a motorcycle accident, a car accident, please hook it up, utahadvocates.com. Please do not rely on your insurance company. They are not the ones fighting for you. The advocates, your advocate, that's why they call themselves that, actually, uh, because they're going to advocate for you. They're going to fight for you. They're going to defer your medical bills. They're going to get you back up and running just as soon as they can, and you do not pay them a penny out of pocket. You only pay them when they win your case at utahadvocates.com. Get online, chat with them live for free right now, utahadvocates.com. BYU and Utah both lose, but I want to get into this Draymond Green punch Mm -hmm. because I know that you're a huge fan of this story. Yeah. Uh, We played the video last week. Um, I think by now you've all seen it. Draymond Green quite literally walks up to Jordan Poole and punches him in the face. I understand it's it's the NBA. It is what it is. Okay, cool. Why did the Golden State Warriors not cut Draymond Green? This is violent. It is it is absolutely heinous conduct. Jordan Poole should call the advocates. Like, I mean, this is serious. Yeah. Like, he knocked him down with it. And that and punch that mother- connected. On. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be away from the. I'm sorry. I'm going to be away from the team for a few days. That's the punishment. Like, how is he not at a minimum suspended and how did the golden state warriors not cut him? Jake?
1: Yeah, I think so. We disagree on this. I, I, I wouldn't have cut him. I, I think it, you know, cutting him is just a, I, I just think it's too much. I, but what I agree with you on is how is he not suspended? How is he not fined? How has he not been disciplined for this? I, I think, you know, whether you're Draymond or you're some rookie on a team, you can't go around punching people in practice. And I understand Look, I understand the dynamics at play here. You really have to understand what's gone on with Jordan Poole the last probably 10 days or so before Friday happened, which was Jordan Poole has been negotiating a a lucrative extension uh with the Warriors. And in that extension's coming and he had been running his mouth about how, you know, he was going to buy a big house and he was going to have a big pool in his backyard and he was making a double entendre with his name in the pool and he was just obnoxious with it. So, you know, all this started when the Warriors were overseas doing, doing, you know, in Japan, in Japan, doing preseason. And they had a three point contest and Clay and Steph teamed up against pool and another teammate and Clay and Steph beat him. And after that, Clay and Steph both were on the record saying it was nice to shut up Jordan Poole. And then the practice thing happened where Jordan Poole was talking a bunch of junk and Draymond Green punched him in the face. So it's not as though there wasn't context here, but it's never okay to just outright punch someone in the face during the middle of your practice. The conversation and where it gets really interesting for me is this topic about whether this video should have got out. This is what I would be pissed about if I was the Warriors. Not even what Draymond did.
0: Well, they're they're putting more effort into figuring out how that video got out than to figuring out how to fix Draymond Green's mental issues. And listen, I, I as you know on this show, I am a big supporter of Draymond Green's. I believe that he is absolutely the sta- straw that stirs the drink. Um, is his performance in decline? Yeah, I don't care. Draymond Green physically assaulted. A teammate. They should have cut him for that. They should have suspended him for that. He should be away from the team for a significant amount of time. None of that's happened. And him apologizing isn't going to quite get this done. I don't need Draymond's thoughts and prayers. I need the Golden (laughs) State Warriors to care about something other than winning a championship. Steve Kerr wants to talk about social issues, and they want to talk about how important their people are. You would not allow Draymond Green to physically assault Jordan Poole, you just wouldn't. And I don't care that Jordan Poole runs his mouth. He does. I don't care that he's arrogant. He is. I don't care that he's going to get a huge contract because he will. None of that excuses Draymond Green physically assaulting Jordan Poole. Draymond Green is a role model in all communities. Draymond Green is an inspiration to a lot of young people who saw Draymond Green punch Jordan Poole in the face violently and without repercussion and without I mean, you just have no sense of, well, you did this. Here are the consequences of your actions because there are no consequences to his actions. And whatever happened to this idea that if it's on tape and everybody sees it, now you're in big trouble because he's not in big trouble. He's away from the team for a few days. Mm -hmm. It's complete garbage. It is absolutely a cop out and a cowardice by the Golden State Warriors. and, And I believe they owe our community better. Okay. I'm not kidding. Like, I'm serious. Like, he walked up to another man and punched him in the face. If that had happened on Broadway, if that had happened on Main Street, Draymond Green's in jail right now.
1: Well, apparently not
0: because Will Smith didn't go to jail, right? Well, but again, it's the exact same thing. Only Draymond Green is worse. Will Smith didn't care. He did it on live TV. At least he did it on live TV. Draymond Green did it in practice. Yeah. To his own teammate is, it, well, we're brothers on this team. There's a sense of family. Oh, really? You're a douche. So you're going to let your brother punch your other brother in the face? Apparently, that's how it goes here. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, this is a cop-out from the Golden State Warriors, and it is shocking that there is no accountability and no consequences to Draymond Green.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I guess we feel differently on this one. I don't know that I would call it a cop out yet. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what they do when he comes back, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's distasteful if if it's just like, hey, I stepped away from the team thing, but I don't know, man. I th- I think there's also this side of it where it's like, yeah, this was this is sports, this isn't practice yeah. in a private setting. I you know, like this is it's just different because it is in practice. Like practice is supposed to be private. And I feel like this story wouldn't even exist If that video never came out and that to me, not that it changes what Draymond did, not that, not that it makes it okay or anything like that, but it's just so interesting how all this sort of played out where this happens. And then a couple days later, TMZ reportedly paid sub $10,000 to get this tape. So that's what I'm saying. Like I, it's just, you don't see this out of the Warriors. You haven't seen it in so long.
0: Yep. James Knight says, Jake, please don't defend this clown. James Knight, our Australian bandito, who still, mm-hmm. speaking of robbery, owes us a case of 4X gold. <laughs> We're never getting that. Um, Ken Williams says, Green is a crybaby, always been a dirty player. Well, I don't know what that has to do with him punching Poole in the face. This is And this is what we do. We try to justify, well, he's a championship player. I don't care. Well, he's a really good defender. I don't care. He's a crybaby. I don't care. He flopped. I don't care. This has nothing to do with basketball this is a crime you could have killed him and your part your' sorry thoughts and prayers he literally is like my thoughts are with Jordan and his family F- screw you what do you mean your thoughts are with him put your money with him like you, how do you how do you bring Draymond Green back into this locker room now mm-hmm. like how do you like, it's ridiculous he sh- he absolutely should have been cut he at a minimum how is Ime Yudoka worse than this? Is there anything worse than physical violence in the workplace? Is there? No, there's not. This is physical violence in the workplace. You, you suspend Ime Yudoka for, for being a a, a a guy that had sex with a co-worker and used heinous, heinous language towards her. You suspended him for a year. Draymond Green punched somebody in the face and he's not suspended at all. Where, where's What sense does that make? And by the way... Adam Silver, you're starting to turn into Roger Goodell. Because if the Warriors aren't going to act, are you going to act? Are you going to do something, anything about this? My guess is no. You should, but you won't. Josh Levert says, the players in this league say this happens all the time, and these NBA players are more pissed someone leaked the video. Well, the video's out, so it doesn't happen all the time, apparently, because the video is now out. Connor uh, Tulin says, because Curry said so, probably. Roughs official says, "How is Green not suspended for a year?" I don't know. I do not know. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says the Warriors need Draymond on that wall, and they need him on that wall. Goddamn right. They ordered the code red. They probably did. Yeah, I don't even disagree with that. Teddy Wayman, what's up? Good morning, guys. I think he should have at least been fined for certain.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, it's not going to be acceptable if they just if this whole "Hey, I'm going to be away from the team a couple days" thing is all that happens. I mean, there, I would guess that. You know, once he returns to the team, there will be uh, an additional suspension, there will be a fine, mm. like that's how they're going about it.
0: Boyd Lake says sometimes you gotta call an assault and assault. Draymond Green flat out attacked him. Golden State was more upset about the leak than the infraction. Certainly. Yeah, they, they are putting far more effort and energy into and I gotta tell you, there's a lot of NBA teams now who are like trying to figure out where their leaks are coming from, including Mara and we the Utah Jazz. There are certain Jazz employees that use burner phones because they're worried about getting caught talking to people. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, Jacob DeLambo says, Draymond is a cupcake. He's mad because the Warriors got Poole back. Well, he, I don't know they he ever left. But, I mean, Draymond Green was far more important to this team winning a championship last year than Poole was. Yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says sometimes I read that one. James Knight says at very least he should be forced to do community awareness to the public on violence. That's not a punishment. Come on now. Come on. Eric says Draymond's a great defender. Don't get uh, but great defenders don't get max contracts. No, they don't. I think he ruined any chance of getting a max extension. I agree with that. Josh Levern says TMZ paid two million plus for the video. You think so?
1: That's not what I had been hearing, but uh, not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, the, the initial reports I heard was that they got it for under ten thousand, but you know, whatever. My God. Yeah, I mean, you know,
0: you sold yourself out for ten grand. Yeah, you played yourself. And you know
1: what this is? This is this is probably some intern or some something who was up in that position, that catbird seat, if you will. You know, they had been jawing all practice, and and you know, anybody who. Knows Draymond and covers Ali. You can see the telltale signs when it's boiling over. And that cl- was clear as day was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, but speaking of boiling over, you should never be boiling your meat. Um, instead, you should smoke it on a smoker from Barbecue Pit Stop. That was, that was kind of weak. Yeah, it was kind of forced. My yeah. uh, barbecue Pit Stop, five locations, including St. George. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, and Murray. Um, the best part about those dudes is they just know how to how to do it. And when I say they know how to do it, they can you know they have these how to videos uh, on their YouTube channel about smoking a turkey breast for Thanksgiving. Um, if you're doing a brisket for the big game, make sure you call them and say, hey, you know how do I how do I wrap a brisket? How long do I need to let it rest? Never mind that they have the best smokers in the business. Whether it's Traeger, my personal choice. Um you know yoder's big green eggs you name it they've got it they've got the asado spice we always tell you about roll into barbecue pit stop mrs monty was making tortilla soup this weekend and she's like we didn't go to barbecue pit stop we're out of kinder taco seasoning i was like oh no my friend just pull open the cabinet and put the asado seasoning in instead yeah the asado's real man for real go to barbecue pit stop Tell them you heard about it on The Monty Show and you need that asado seasoning. For real. Get online. Chat with them right now. You can order on their website. Asado. A-S-A-D-O. Asado seasoning. Okay, I feel better. Do it. Uh, Draymond, uh, yes. asado seasoning is the best seasoning in the business. But if you don't like asado, they've got all the seasoning, the wing dust, the, the spices, the sauces. Everything you need. Yeah, slather it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then put your pizza on the Traeger Smoker. You got a barbecue pit stop in Logan, Lehigh, Layton, St. George, and Salt Lake City and Murray. BarbecuePitStop.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. I guess I am the lone wolf here on this story. What do you mean? That I think they should have cut Draymond Green. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that, I mean, that's what it feels like. Riley O'Brien says, if Draymond punched Steph Curry like that, Jeez, what do you what do you think the Warriors well, do then? Well, that's a different
1: conversation. I mean, but he, he didn't would be punch
0: Steph Curry. He would be strapped to a post and hit with a truck like. Me. They would run him over for that. Like he'd be he'd be he'd be gone. He'd absolutely be gone. There's no doubt about that. Um, but again,
1: I think that's the whole what if thing. Like he didn't punch Steph Curry. No, he right? didn't. And Steph Curry wasn't the one. Again, I don't think that and again, this is controversial and this probably pissed people off. I don't think Jordan Poole is blameless here right like, He's not. like i don't think that we should be sitting here painting jordan pool as some victim in this situation yeah did he get punched in the face yeah he did but anybody who's ever played basketball knows if you're going to run your mouth the entire practice someone is going to do something about it so to me it's like hey if you're if jordan pool cuz what happened was Draymond walked up to him and basically didn't put hands on him but did the whole chest bump thing get in your face thing right no hands just chest bump like Bodied him up, basically. At that point, Jordan Poole took his hands and pushed Draymond back, at which point Draymond stepped up and, and clocked him, dropped him, right on the spot. So part of me is like, yeah, should Draymond be punching people? No, absolutely not. It's unacceptable. He's going to be away from the team, and then when he comes back, he should suspend his ass for the first, like, 10 games of the season or something ridiculous. Like, a heavy
0: suspension by suspension
1: standards. After that, I sit here and I say, okay, Jordan Poole – yeah, you need to you need to hone yourself in a little bit.
0: I don't disagree with you at all that Jordan Poole is partially responsible for this. I mean, it is. I, maturity is a big problem in the NBA right now. And I think, you know, look at what we're talking about. What, what kind of money is Victor Wambanyama talking about getting? A ton. Think about the shoe contract. He's going to get, Victor Wambanyama is going to get the largest shoe contract in the history of of professional sports. Yeah. And what is he, 13 years old? Like, think about, he's 18 years old. Think about how young this guy is. Look at Jordan Poole. He's got more money than he's ever had. He has no idea how to handle this. He has no idea how to handle fame. He has no idea how to be mature. You know, like it, it absolutely, his mouth and his conduct, you are responsible for the words that you speak and the impact that they have. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, Draymond's that guy. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny. We were listening to the Jim Rome show the other day, and what did what did Jim say? Draymond's that guy, and Jordan Poole should have known that Draymond was that guy. Well, guess what? You're not what? that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Jordan, you're not that guy. When it comes to being, being, hey, accountable, you got to remember that Draymond Green's the guy that punched a Michigan uh, football player right in the face in a bar. I don't think Jordan knew that Draymond has no problem letting those hands roll. Yes. And, well, now he knows. But my guess is Jordan Poole got humbled by this. Yes. Because let me tell you now, Jordan Poole didn't gain any respect points in that locker room. And my guess is Draymond did. Yeah. Because Jordan Poole is not the most popular member of that team.
1: Yeah. And he- by the way, the money you're going to get on this max contract is pennies compared to what all these other guys have made already. So that's, that that's ultimately why I think it, why the tape leaking is such an issue and why the tape leaking is, is more of an issue to the players than what Draymond did because, frankly, this type of thing in sports happens all the time. You just don't know about it. You don't ever see it because the tape doesn't leak, because there is no tape. It doesn't need to be publicized. So that's why I'm saying the idea that the Warriors would cut Draymond, I just don't think is 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 ever going to happen. Will they find him? Will they suspend him? Will there be mandatory discipline? Yes, I, I have to think there will be. But this whole concept of like, how ridiculous this looks, it looks really bad on tape. There's no doubt about it. And it is really bad. And I'm not even defending Draymond. But what I'm telling you is culturally speaking and and just frame of reference speaking, you have to understand this happens a lot, all the time.
0: I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm i not justifying the assault. I yeah. want to make that very clear. Yeah. Jordan Poole bears responsibility here. It, it is not like Draymond just rolled up to Jordan Poole who was eating an ice cream cone, minding my own business. Yeah. He ran his mouth. You loose lips cause problems. It's been dude. building. I'm it wasn't you. like
1: it just happened at this practice. It's been building for like ten
0: days. Yeah. James Knight said, Do you guys realize people die from being sucker punched? I believe I just said that lesson five minutes ago. You know, like I But I, did he die? No, he didn't. He didn't die. So He's not no, you're you're absolutely right. Uh talking about Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Uh M. Morris says you have the right to say anything but not uh be physically assaulted. Yeah, I, you guys, let me how do I rephrase this? There is no justifying Draymond Green's actions. Yeah. He physically assaulted Jordan Poole. But there is no doubt that Jordan Poole bears responsibility for the things that he says and does. And uh, again, I'm not saying that what what Draymond Green did was right. I'm the one who came in here and said he should be cut from the team. I firmly believe that. There is no place for workplace violence or violence of any kind anywhere. That does not excuse that Jordan Poole was running his mouth. Yeah, And I think you got to know who Draymond Green is. If you're going to run your mouth on Draymond, you're at the very least going to get that back. And I think Jordan Poole did not deserve to be punched in the face. But Jordan Poole deserves to be held accountable for his mouth.
1: And, you know, you there's get, no you doubt get about that. James Knight here saying we're defending Draymond. I'm not defending Draymond. What Nobody I'm is defending is, Draymond. What I'm saying is, is that you have to understand punching someone in the middle of an NBA practice is very different than punching someone on the street for no reason. See,
0: I don't even go that way. Wow. Draymond Green was absolutely wrong for what he did. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Jordan Poole is in over his skis he is the guy just he's a young buck who thinks he can say whatever he wants the culture in the nba mandates that somebody step up and discipline jordan Poole. that doesn't mean you punch him in the face jordan Poole had to know this was coming he is not a star on that team jordan Poole was not a major contributor during the nba finals jordan Poole hasn't figured out that he needs to know his place on that team Again, I'm not saying that Draymond put him in his place by punching him in the face or that that was the right thing to do, but there is no doubt in the culture of an NBA locker room that Jordan Poole bears significant responsibility for what happened. There is just no doubt about that. And again, I will say whether it's Will Smith or Draymond Green, rich people in these kind of situations, especially athletes who who live with monopoly money, they do not play by the same rules we do. They do not they're not held accountable by the police. They're held accountable by the the, the, the league, the, the owners, the players. It's a very different way of living your life. That does not excuse what Draymond Green did. But again, it certainly does not excuse what Jordan Poole did. Jordan Poole bears responsibility for for his mouth and his words. He is not responsible for Draymond's actions. He is responsible for his own. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people don't comprehend. I just think that you are, James, and again, you can be upset about this. Jordan Poole bears responsibility for what he said. He does not bear responsibility for being punched in the face. He was wholly out of line. When three, four, five of your teammates are talking about how arrogant and full of himself and overconfident and what a loudmouth he is, notice nobody's coming out and defending Jordan Poole. You haven't heard a single Golden State Warrior say, oh, man, Jordan Poole's a good dude. This is just such a uh, you know, we support him. You haven't heard that, have you? No, you haven't. And what have you heard? Well, we're handling this internally and It's internal. They're they're not defending Jordan Poole because he is a problem. He is a he is a guy who has really not accomplished anything in this league. Mhm. Those are not the guys who are supposed to be talking. And again, the culture of the locker room is is it worked right up until the point where Draymond punched him in the face. If Draymond had just accosted him in practice, we would not have ever heard about it. If Draymond had just chest bumped him and we would never have heard about it. We wouldn't have, but Draymond punched him in the face. Jordan Poole, let's get something very clear. Take Draymond Green out of this. Jordan Poole is a problem for the Warriors because of his ego and his attitude. He's got to prove something. He's got to earn something. Is he going to get paid? He is going to get paid. Is he a very good basketball player? He is. But he's also got an ego problem. Yeah. He has got a very big ego problem. And Draymond Green tried to correct that. He just went too far. So I'm not at all justifying what Draymond Green did. And James, you can lose your mind over it, but nobody here is justifying what he did. Uh, just because you have the right to say what you want, it doesn't mean you're, are, you aren't you are responsible for the consequences of what you say. Yeah. We see that every day. We see that every day. Absolutely, we do. All right, real quick. Um, because we're, uh, we started, by the way, we are starting our show earlier now. For those of you who are just tuning in, we start at 6 a.m. now, Mountain Time. Um, because the end time of the show has always been in flux. But we're going to end a little earlier today. But we have to talk about Taco Bell. Right here on the show. Yeah, we have to try slash Monty presents NBA talk on the show. By the way, make sure you get to Tridaytrading dot com slash Monty, try slash Monty, uh, watch their free webinar. Um, and let them know you heard about it on the Monty show. You just fill out the form, watch the webinar. I'm telling you, you can have the wealth and the life you want, but you have to go and do it. Right. You have to, there's one axiom in this world whether it comes to crunch wrap burrito things in the morning at Taco Bell or it comes to making the money you've always dreamed about. You have to go and do it. Nobody's doing the work for you. And too often we get into a place where we want somebody to make something happen for us when you got to make it happen on your own by going to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And I said this last week and a lot of people asked me about it and I've been sending this video to people. There are actually tax solutions now for day traders because day trading has emerged as that side hustle you can scale into your full-time occupation. And there's nobody better to teach you how to become a prolific day trader than the guys at trydaytrading.com. And you don't have to take my word for it. You absolutely do not have to take my word for it. Take Alema Harrington's word for it. Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's TridayTrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Look at that, Alema Harrington. Yes. Shouting out the Monty Show. Appreciate that. Free, no obligation webinar at TridayTrading.com. Hey, I want to shout out uh, Shanna Garbett, who sent me a DM um, this morning of her daughter who plays at Dixie State. Utah Tech, excuse me. Um, She finished a 40-yard free kick for the women's soccer team at Utah Tech. And Shanna correctly pointed out that her daughter should be the place kicker for BYU. Hey. So, Shanna Garbeck, good to see you. Appreciate that. Let's go. Thanks for the video. Your daughter's amazing. Um, Let's talk about the best fast food breakfast in the business. Yep. Because it ain't Taco Bell. I can tell you that right now. Um, had the, uh, had the Taco Bell crunch wrap breakfast, crunch wrap thing. Yeah. Breakfast, crunch wrap supreme. It sucked. Why did it suck?
1: What did you not like?
0: You know, we needed something quick. We were in, uh, park city yesterday up doing sunrise because all the colors are changing and, and stuff. Mrs. Monty's got a rocket ship camera. And so we were up there taking pictures, you know, I drone some stuff, whatever. And we were in a hurry. We had an appointment at nine o'clock, so we needed to get something quick. So we went through the Taco Bell Mm drive-through in Park City. Mm -hmm. The Crunchwrap breakfast thing sucked. It just—it's real cheesy and gooey, and it's just the—it wasn't. The problem is the Crunchwrap Supreme at Taco Bell is the stuff of legends. Oh yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, the lettuce, the sour cream, the tomato. Next to a Mexican pizza, uh, it's the best thing on the menu. Okay, but. It, it, it's just not something that I, I'll never do it again. And fast food really? breakfast, yes, fast food breakfast is near and dear to my fat ass. And I am a guy that I love, I love breakfast. I love, yeah. Mrs. Monty makes us oats every day. Um, I love them. I like high fiber, take a dump cereal, I do. But if I'm going fast food, it, it I, I, I'm telling you the Gualberto's breakfast burrito, the Beto's <laughs> breakfast burrito, that might be it because, you know, if we're talking purely fast food, it's McDonald's, Wendy's, Taco Bell. Burger King's got the best breakfast sandwich. Egg I'm and cheese you.
1: croissants bomb, dude.
0: And their, their little tater tot hash browns. Very good. This is what I'm talking about. See,
3: I, I just, I, you, you hurt my soul inside. By the way, I'm back. I ran all the way over, did my thing, came back. I'm okay. like speedy, speedy, lightning fast. Anyways, Uh, you you hurt my soul. I actually liked it. So and you can't compare Taco Bell to Gualbertos. Yes, yes, I can. No. Yeah, I actually can different type of food.
0: No, I actually can. This unlike Draymond Green, this is a free country where I can say whatever I want.
3: There's no comparison between (laughs) Gualbertos and Taco Bell. Okay. I would agree with that, obviously. Fast food Americanized Mexican or Mexican. So I, I just think you can't compare the two. Anyways, mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that bad. You know what I can't stand? I cannot stand when I get a breakfast sandwich from like McDonald's and the cheese is that plastic cheese. I hate it. That is not <coughs> even really melted. It's cold. It's, disgusting. it's cold cheese. <coughs> like it's just not satisfying at all. No. But. I thought if I have to go, if I had to pick between McDonald's and Taco Bell breakfast, I'm going Taco Bell breakfast.
0: Yeah. Totally. You know. uh, let's see. Uh, James Knight says, looking delicious this morning, Mrs. Monty.
3: Thank you, James.
0: James, uh, be
1: careful. You might get Draymond.
0: <laughs> nah. Tom Basilia says, Taco Bell is not close to Beto's. No, I, I agree. It's Obviously not. I was, it's I not. was Hello. K- kidding. Uh, Les uh, Wayman says, it's a disgrace to compare Beto's to Taco Bell. Okay, we get it. I was kidding. <laughs> Beto Beto's is way better than Taco Bell. The burrito, the <laughs> the the pico salsa burrito with whole pinto beans yes. added is far better yes. than Taco Bell. Please. Don't please lose your mind. Call off the hounds. Beto's Alex Chacón says Beto's steak and egg burritos. <sighs> so good. So good. San Diego State Aztec says, hey, sleeping in and early starts happen. Just gonna say good morning, monsters. M-O-N-T. See what he stirs. did there. Mon- and monsters. I love it. Uh Ken Williams says uh, McDonald's McGriddle, but with sausage oh, and a round egg.
1: dude. Dude.
0: Remember, we were talking about being vegetarians. Yeah. Man, that, what that I wouldn't get for a yeah. sausage McGriddle this yeah. morning. Mm. Oh. mm Mm-mm. Oh. Daddy! <laughs> wow you Uh, just did that yeah Yeah. uh kurt meyer says if you want good breakfast you go to the original pancake house yes Yes, americans oh god yes yes you do robert says chick-fil-a breakfast or a mcgriddle really really okay Eric and rowley says it's bojangles cajun filet chicken with egg and cheese biscuit oh my god that sounds so good Oh, my. <laughs> See, like, why do you guys do this? SLCP shooter. McD's hot and spicy McChicken McGriddle. You have to ask for it. Never had it. Mc... What did Gabe Wait, say whoa. right there? Whoa. McChicken
3: McGriddle? Mc...
0: What, what the hell is a McChicken McGriddle? McChicken McGriddle. You have to. A spicy McChicken McGriddle. You have to ask for it. Grabe, Gabe That's Matt. That's interesting, man. What? It is. Uh, Hey, guys, sorry I've missed the last few weeks of streams. Yeah, it hurts my feelings. Yeah, it's offensive, dude. I mean, mean, it it literally is offensive. We missed you. We missed you. I'm glad to see you back. I hope you're well. Uh, Let's see. Les Wayman says, nothing compares to my GF's burrito. Yeah, Mrs. Monty makes great breakfast, too. Jake's probably the best breakfast purveyor in this house, though.
3: Uh, uh, if if we're making a burrito, Jake is the purveyor. It's only because
1: uh, I rolled like a thousand burritos uh, yes. in my uh, life, that dude. dude. Yeah, but here's the, the problem, though. You can roll the
0: burrito. Perfect. N- no, but here's the pro- here's the problem, though. Jake is terrible. Do not let Jake ever cook in your kitchen. There will be stuff. Ever- Grease well, you on know this. What? You know what, dude? The dirty you dishes. You know what? Did
1: you enjoy what I made or not? No. Okay, well, then. Nom, 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 nom. Whatever dude. it was,
0: I mean, you're you're a pretty good cook. I mean, you it's know.
3: tasty. The both of you, I mean, you're a little bit better, babe. But the, it, the, if I let the two of you cook, it's just destroyed. Wait, 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 wait. I'm the guy
0: who does my dishes as I'm cooking. Oh, please. I, I, I literally, I never leave <laughs> Put dirty pants. I the never. On her. When do I ever leave dirty pants after I cook? I flip and wash your pants because you leave them dirty on the stove Uh uh-oh are you kidding me right Uh now am i like in the twilight zone yes 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 i
3: I don't even know so wait you're saying
0: i don't wash my pants i'm saying that
3: if y'all make lunch that shit will sit on the stove but it depends on the day though it
0: depends but guy this is not the same thing as we make breakfast like once a month right but if i'm making lunch at home i'm in a hurry I'm that's right the that's the bottom line. We have 2K hockey to play, and we've usually got something show to do, right? So we made pasta last week, for instance, which I'll never do again because pasta screws me up every time. <laughs> we had spinach and cheese ravioli yesterday with sourdough <laughs> bread.
3: Delicious. I made that. Thank oh, you.
0: Oh, it was amazing. Um, but I am <laughs> I oh I not always. 99.9% of the time, I'm pretty good about cleaning up. Because I think you have to. You you have to, you have to clean up. She is
1: not buying this right now.
0: Eric and Raleigh says, did you just call Mrs. Monty guy? I may have, I don't know. Sometimes things happen. (laughs) Keep it real. James Knight says, you're not that guy, Monty, but I am that guy. You're not that guy, pal. I am that guy. You're not that guy. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. They have such a hard life, LOL. We do. Tom Basilius says, Wasn't Monty just the guy saying that his dish is doing where how he's keeping the marriage strong just Friday? This is a great call out by Mrs. Monty. i just a hack.
3: He is doing a, a lot more of like helping with the dishes. The thing is oh when they God. make lunch, it's like a bomb went off and then it sits Don't there. Don't say they. It, it could take like five <laughs> minutes to actually
0: clean that it up. That was
3: one fucking like, time. It like, that
0: was one time. That was, That's not minutes, every time.
3: I come in and there's a whole strainer of pasta in the sink just sitting there drying. <laughs> it's like hard. It's actually now dried up. Where you could reconstitute it, just reboil it because it dried already. And everything is just sitting
0: in pans on the on the stove. A, we were waiting for you to come up, by the way. B, that was one time. One time that I did that. Whatever. Once last week. One time. And now it's like, oh, you know, like fat ass eats the food. But you see that you see chubbs in here cleaning the dishes? No, you don't. Um
3: Never Um, have I ever said
0: that. Never have I ever. And never have I ever left dirty dishes after lunch. Just so you can go to Poundtown. It's a lie. Fake news. James Knight says, did I use an F-bomb? F-bombs are getting you out of this, Monty. I, well. (laughs) No, he's saying F-bombs ain't getting you out of this. (laughs) Busted Uh, Monty, Ken Williams says, see, you're making up stuff that's not true. It's not true. You clean up 100% of the time about 60% of the time. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's all I'm saying.
3: Completely accurate.
0: Okay, so by the way, thank you, Mrs. Monty, for derailing the conversation. Who's got the best fast food breakfast? Nah, not you, fat ass. You don't even do your dishes. <clears throat> anyway, no, I'm kidding. i just being ridiculous.
1: Uh Awkward. Best fast food breakfast... It's got to be McDonald's. Come on. I think it's... No, well, Jack in the Box once no. they open. Oh, Jack in the Box. Jack yeah, in the Box, Jack yeah. Jack in the Boxes.
0: What do you yeah. mean no? Awesome.
3: McDonald's freaking plastic cheese isn't doing it anymore. Bros,
0: My watch wants to know if I'm okay. It's calling 911. Are you serious? Guy, I cannot turn this off because my water lock is on. <laughs> oh, um, my God. Um, Hello? Hello? <laughs> it is literally calling 911 right now. Ah! What is happening? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I did not fall. Bro, my watch was... My Bro. Apple watch was no, calling 911. Okay, okay. We have to go, but two minutes. Bro. I saw a story
1: yesterday that said with the iPhone 14, they released a new feature that that can sense crashes and yes. we'll call 911. Yes. This has been an issue. It was calling 911 <laughs> for people when they were on roller coasters because it was sensing... The, yes, the that's forces. right. That's right. So that that's happening, right. I feel like it's a it's a software thing. They they've messed this up. This is up. a flaw. Okay, yeah. so
0: I was <laughs> it, <is> we <laughs> so we have a hot tub. So last night I was in the hot tub and I turned on the waterproof feature, <laughs> so it seals your your Apple Watch up. I never turned it off. So I banged on the counter, just being dramatic, laughing about it, right? And it thought I was in a car accident. And I went to turn it off, but the water feature locks your screen. <clears throat> So the screen is inactive until you turn the water feature off. So my watch darn near called 911 on me. 911. Jeez Louise. <laughs> wow. This, wow. This has been eventful. Yeah. Ken Williams says uh, iPhones suck. Apple sucks.
3: <laughs> Thanks, they actually Ken. don't.
0: Ooh. Yes. Kenai Johnson says Astro Burger. Breakfast is fire. Wait. Kenai Johnson. What did you mean earlier when you said that you had a mattress order for Rudy Gobert? We're going to need an explanation of that. It's not a bug; it's a feature. It, yeah, but the it's too sensitive.
3: That's too sensitive. It's too
0: sensitive. Yeah, that's much yeah, too sensitive. you just yeah, slam yeah, your uh, hand on uh, the watch, picked up the domestic verbal abuse from Mrs. Monty. See, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Medieval on that's ass. what I'm saying. I somebody wanted to call the cops on her lies, her falsehoods about me.
3: <laughs> I do think that it's probably a good feature. It's like it is you're, a good feature. You're you're, you're getting too aggressive. <laughs> that's
0: right. Hand man. slam
3: was too much. You that's man. right.
0: Uh, Kurt Meyer says Siri has your back. That's right. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says I've got Jake beat. I worked two years at Senior Taco in Seaside to help pay college fees. Far more than a thousand burritos rolled to get uh, make uh, Adjum- I that was, that was the, Yeah, I know education. Yeah,
1: okay. That's it. All right. okay. Funny.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. There you go. Rand yeah, says too big. I wear a size 15 shoe. Winky, winky, pinky, hinky. Uh back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Got to go work on the, the uh, big old project we've been talking about. Good to see you, Mrs. Monty, as always, Thank even you. though you spread lies about me. And I don't appreciate you know, it. You know, you know. That's what it, I do. It is what it is. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.